Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast of Denver Comic Con 2013. Buy your tickets online at denvercomiccon.com. Is somebody cool coming this year? Oh, dude, Stan Lee is coming this year. Oh, man, and Felicia Day. Heck yes. And also, did you know that proceeds go to Comic Book Classroom? Basically, it's an after-school program that teaches children to read through comic books. How great is that? Really great. All of the great. It is so awesome. Now, usually, James... We start the show with what we saw this week, but I'm going to change it up. Actually, we usually start it with mail. No, I tell people what we saw, and then I go into fan mail. I see what you're saying. But I have something special for our fans. This is exclusive to Real Nerds listeners. If you go to tweakedaudio.com, which specialize in premium earbuds, and enter in the code at the checkout, Real Nerds, you will get a third off your total order. That's a lot of money. That is. That's awesome. Yeah. And that's exclusively through the Real Nerds podcast. Whoa, 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 whoa. What do I order from Tweaked Audio? You order earbuds. Premium earbuds. Premium earbuds? Yes. In fact, I have the natural version 3. I hold up two fingers, but it's supposed to be three. <laughs> um, it's they, version... can't, they can't see your fingers. Okay, now. that's good. That's good because I look like an idiot. But, yeah. dude, they are amazing. Like, cool. How amazing are they? Like, What kind of features do they have? Brad, it's supposed to be organic, <laughs> not like I am a robot. Look at me, Doc. I think what he's getting at those are the noise canceling ones. Right? Yes, they're the yeah, noise canceling. Hi, I'm ones. a listener. Why should I give a shit about your earbuds? <laughs> what makes them so special from the other ones? Oh, I could get earbuds at Best dope. Buy or Target no. or Walmart. What makes these so great? Did you see them? They got they, the cords are really flat. That's like, right. It's really cool. They don't and tangle. They don't tangle. Some of them have built-in mics. Hey, whoa, whoa, what are we didn't get mad for. Whoa, whoa. I told people oh, you yeah. called me out, son Man, of a bitch. This shit is cool. Why aren't you talking about how cool it is? It is. That's like Brad's getting pissed. I know. I told people if they go to tweakedaudio.com, com select the noise r- reducing I want people to buy these fucking headphones man <laughs> or earbuds sorry oh man oh, this is why we pre-record commercials as if the discount code wasn't enough yeah let them know that you know they're noise canceling you can edit this right they they want it to be uh, organic oh yeah no i know so you know it sounds better that way anyway but even if it's organic, you still got to like <laughs> highlight the features he's still pissed like he is <laughs> angry look at him man oh if he weren't wearing headphones, there'd be steam coming out of his ears. Totally. They are really cool, though. Uh, go check them out for sure. Um, plus, it's, you know, you're supporting us a little bit, too, which is cool. They have a lot of earbuds. I mean, I just highlighted the natural version 3, but they also have the parkour ones that are kind of made for people on the go. Yeah. Which they don't tangle, um, and they're just more for the sport ones. And they, they have descriptions of them all. There's about uh, 10 different kinds you can get. They also have... Just your normal earbuds, too, if you need them. But they're way more comfortable. Yeah. They're not like if, you know, when you open up a, an iPad, uh, iPad, an iPod, and you put them in, you're like, oh, these suck so bad. Yeah. They're actually really comfortable. And so. they do. They make them in both the in-ear kind and the ones that just sort of is like rest in your ear. I don't know what you call those. Um, so however you like to listen to music, you know, because, of, of course, a lot of you are just listening on the go, and that's the way to do it. Exactly. So they have something for everybody. Visit tweakedaudio.com. Remember at checkout, enter in real nerds, just one word, real nerds, and you'll get a third off your order no matter how much you order. That's cool. So thank you, Tweaked Audio. And now it is time to tell people what we saw this week. Well, what me and Brad saw. We saw Bullet to the Head. Stay tuned for that review. If you want to get in contact with us, you can call us, 7206Nerds5. We have a phone call this week. And also you can tweet us, real underscore nerds. Email us, realnerds at gmail.com, and tweet us, real underscore nerds. I've said that like five times already. Um, 
So thank you to all the new followers we got this week. Yeah, a whole bunch of people. So thank you, and hopefully you're enjoying what you're hearing <laughs> so far through your tweaked audio earbuds. <laughs> Product placement? No, never mind. Real News Podcast, best listened to through tweaked audio earbuds. <laughs> That's right. Do you remember that uh, that scene in um, uh, uh, Kung Pao where he's standing up on top of the like the waterfall and he's swinging the chain mm-hmm. and he's singing product placement for Taco Bell? Do you remember that? Uh, actually, that part he's walking through a courtyard and there's a bunch of Taco oh. Bell bags around. You're right. You're right. You're right. I'm thinking of uh, swinging when he sings we, "Swinging a yeah. Chain." Swinging That's what he's swinging. Shark Pepper. Yeah. Has anybody seen Kung Pao besides us? Oh, man, that movie. <laughs> I love that movie. That was the first time I ever watched a movie and then laughed so hard I stopped breathing. <laughs> it's like, really? Oh, man. You know, it's one of those movies that people, when they hear what it's about, think it's really ridiculous. And it is ridiculous, it but is, it's, it is, yes. it's really funny. Ugh. And the amount that of, like all he put into it because he's basically all the voices and he's all the actors in it is is pretty amazing yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i'm sure yeah. you can find the dvd really cheap on amazon i'm sure it's like two dollars or something yeah. so you should check it out it's called kung pao under the fist <laughs> anyways start the show time feed meal uh, not too much in mail um we didn't get any too specific messages i'll just give a couple shout outs Reggie, who we met at Comic-Con, gave us a shout-out. Um, I don't think we had anything else. I'm trying to think. Oh, just uh, conversations. Yeah, just conversations. There's nothing that say, hey, real nerds, do this and that. Cora yeah. saw Jay and Silent Bob in Durango. We saw them in Denver. That's cool. And it was lots of fun. There's yeah, a story was. about shit. <laughs> oh, man. I don't ever, which is, is the point of that podcast, but I don't ever want to be addicted to oxycodone. I just well, I don't. Hope, I hope you don't, James. Thank you. Because then yeah. we'll have to change this to an intervention podcast. Guys, I'm addicted to oxycontins. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. Oh. Your erratic behavior and uh, <laughs> getting the show up late. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sleeping till one o'clock, one day a week. All those, Sorry. All I, those bathrooms you've just coated I in feces. <laughs> yeah. All right, we'll get you help. Well, I mean, we won't get you help, but we'll do a podcast about your addiction. Yeah. Can yeah. we make that a separate segment of the show? Yes. yes. What will happen we'll Joe is, do an intro for is it. Is you need to stop taking Oxycontin, but me and James will start taking it. <laughs> yeah. Talk, tell everybody how great it is that we're taking it, and then uh, you have to sit there and <laughs> suffer. And suffer. <laughs> Am I the one who thinks that's kind of weird about that part of the podcast? Yeah. Jay and no. Silent Bob get old where, you know, Kevin Smith's like, oh, it's so fun to do drugs. And Jay says, well, I have to tell you stories of why I can't do drugs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, well, I think he acknowledged, acknowledged that in the show, too. Yeah, <laughs> he, he like, does. Ironically, but I'm doing weed and Yeah. I, at the same time, like, his argument of, like, well, you know, life is hard and you got to do what you have to do. No. Eh. You don't have to. I agree. You know, you could... Do podcasts. Do pot. <laughs> yeah, do you could just do podcasts all the time, which is, yeah, it's the same. Doing a podcast basically like doing oxy. So yeah, I guess really the only fan mail we got is a phone call. So Brad, go ahead and play that phone call for us. Hey, real nerds, this is Peter Griffin. And I want to know why you guys never talk about Roadhouse. That's my favorite movie. <laughs> Except when Patrick Swayze gets cancer and dies at the end. Anyways, here's my thought. Bye. Wow, that Peter Griffin sounds like a real winner. Oh, goodness. <laughs> hey, guys. 
Our show has reached Quahog. <laughs> it, has, it has reached Quahog, Rhode Island. Oh. And it sounds just like Seth MacFarlane. And I probably was Seth MacFarlane who called this show because the Peter Griffin what? on it is that amazing. was you? I didn't say it was me. I said it was Seth MacFarlane. Wait, 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 wait. Peter Griffin's not a real person? No, he should be. You know, um, I think next week Jason Statham might call the show because he needs to know if we're wearing a wire. Yeah, he keeps saying he's going to call in. Like, every time I talk to him in real life, he's like, oh, yeah, I'll totally call into the show. Though he doesn't sound like that. He sounds... Yeah. Um, the only reason British. he can't call in this week is because he needs to watch one of his movies again oh. and get his uh, his speech pattern correct before he can call into the show. <laughs> so uh, oh, He needs to do a little <laughs> bit more research on what he sounds like. Exactly. So he'll probably be in. watching the one this week, as okay. that is the only movie of his he owns. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's not even in the one that much. Yes, he, uh, yeah, he's you know chasing um, him through different dimensions. I guess so. Why am I chasing you through different dimensions? I don't even know what he says. Yeah, it? yeah, you're right. Jason Statham does need to do some research. <laughs> he does. Jason Statham big time does. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go ahead and record it on my uh, iPod and <laughs> through my phone and just listen to him constantly. Go to sleep <laughs> with it. You know how people <laughs> learn new foreign languages. Yeah. And hopefully, in the get... morning. Honey, get ready. I gotta go to work. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you talking like that? Because I need to know if you went on a wire. Because I have to practice. So if you want to call the show like Peter Griffin did, go ahead and call us at 7206-NERDS5. Um, tweet us, real underscore nerds. Email, realnerds at gmail.com. And now it's time. Oh, actually, I'm going to say something before we start what we've been watching. After what we've been watching is the debut of a brand new section on this podcast. It's Filmmaker Spotlight with the Ooh. films of Chris Mim. So hang on. I guess I should say Christopher Mim because, you know, that's how he puts his name on his movies. Yeah. It's and more professional. <laughs> it's but more you professional. Know. And since he, you know, he's like, hey, who's this asshole calling me by Chris? I don't know this dude. Yeah. You're not, you're <laughs> not buds yet. We're not, <laughs> we're not, we're not friends. We're not friends. we're not friends yet. But he was gracious enough to send us all his movies that he's made. Yeah, that was cool. So that was really cool. So And we watched them all. We did. So... Filmmaker Spotlight after this segment. One more thing about mail. Again, if we missed anything that you sent us, just resend it. Yeah. And tell us we're jerks. We're jerks. But I'm pretty sure. We try, but sometimes stuff slips through. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, we all have real jobs. I wish this just podcast thing. We just get paid tons of money like Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith, if you're listening, you know, we'll be part of Smodco. (laughs) Is Is that cooler? You guys want to be a part of that? Uh, yeah, sh- sure. Yeah, well, we're part of Stitcher, which is another place you can listen to us on. Yeah, you can do, You can stream us live on live. You can stream <laughs> us on Stitcher. I wish it was live. Just have you know people never calling us, and we'd be taking calls and be like, hey, you guys suck. And they'd be like, yeah, the lines are full of people who hate us. <laughs> uh, and then we'd so, have So the, your name's real nerd, like a movie reel? That's clever, man. <laughs> you, know what, you know what, guys? That's real stupid. Click. <laughs> Eat your candy. <laughs> Got uh, the London Film Review calling us. Seriously. Get over yourself. Yeah, you got yeah. too big of a head. Yeah. Man. Right, this is a London film review. You stay out of London or we're going to pop you. I don't Whatever. Whatever they say over there. I don't think they realize that Ryan I, is miming a pugilist. <laughs> I, <laughs> I am. I don't think they realize that I own a copy of Pinata Survival Island. You know, I saw that uh, used today and I really th- I thought of you. You saw a used copy? Because they have, Tradesport has four new copies. <laughs> what? Of Pinata Survival Island. So if you want a copy. <laughs> Never been watched. They, surprisingly though, not a lot of shark <laughs> movies. You know, you know what's funny? You said that, and I was walking through there today, and I had a, I saw like five or six of them on Blu-ray. 
Uh, no. Oh, no, no. I'm looking for them on DVD because I okay. didn't see them. Because they had Giant Shark versus octo- Giant Octopus. Okay. They Mega, had... Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus? Maybe, maybe? that's what. Okay. Shark, Here's big shark, big octopus. Just generally, if you see one, just pick it up. I will reimburse you totally whatever <laughs> you buy, pay for. All uh, right. Because honestly, like I went through there, but um, I was looking in the J's for Jaws and the <laughs> S's for Sharks and the 2's for Two-Headed, and I was still not finding Actually, any. Actually, I'll tell you how, why you missed some, because I was looking through the sci-fi section, and there was a lot in the sci-fi Oh, there's section. a different sci-fi section? Yeah, oh, shit, I was just looking horror. Sci-fi. Yeah, because I ended up just with a copy of... Howling's three and the marsupials. Uh, yeah, the marsupials, <laughs> which I know that's already a cult classic. Um, and then uh, Punk, pinion, pump, uh, pumpkin Pumpkinhead two, two, which I saw Paul when Salmon I was little. Did, didn't he say something about Pumpkinhead two? I'm pretty sure he did. I think he did. Yeah, I may have to re-listen to that. Um, I saw it when I was little and was like, "This is stupid." Um, so I'll say if they're if they're not the right kind of movie for me to do shit show reviews, then I won't. Oh but, no, you can. Okay, I figured. Um, I will say that I've seen all the Howling movies, mm-hmm. and two and three are the worst. Yeah. Four is pretty Great. bad. There are more than three? Yeah, there's like eight of them. Howling 5, surprisingly, is this like uh, murder mystery that takes place in a castle. Someone's a werewolf, and they don't know who it is. It's actually pretty good. What? So they have to figure out who's the werewolf and killing people, because the castle has lots of hidden passages. That's actually kind of cool. So yeah, I mean, if you know, you're like, huh, I want to look for a semi-above... Well, I can't say above average. Uh, average <laughs> werewolf direct-to-video movie in the mid-90s, The Howling 5. I think it's called Howling 5 Rebirth. Wow. Is uh, See, I'm just a plethora of horror knowledge well, if you wanted to see shitty horror movies. <laughs> <laughs> I do. That's the whole point. I want to watch shitty horror movies and then write about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're easy to write about. They are. Well, of, well, your yeah. shit show reviews are so... Uh, like I, I get pretty detailed. You do. So... You know, That's what I like. I'm interested yeah. to see what you have to say about the Howling 3, the marsupials. Yeah, I am too. I'm hoping, because the problem is doing that, that series, um, if you if you don't ever visit the website, I've been doing this series where I'm just reviewing, I'm reviewing bad movies, but in the context of how much fun they would be if you had your friends over and you drank and watched them and made fun of them, sort of. Um, so really, the worse they are, the better, um, but I'm trying to find one that would be a good like five star, mm-hmm. you know, so that, that way there's a bar. Sure. Because uh, early on I said, like, you know, like Stephen Summers' The, the Deep Rising, um, which is a little unfair to Deep Rising, but that movie is really good mm-hmm. um, and also really ridiculous, you know. I, I want to say, I don't quite remember, but I'm pretty sure Howling 3, there's no werewolves in it, even though it's a werewolf Well, yeah, because I think it's about, like, marsupial people. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think there's which actual is, werewolves. That's pretty crazy. Even though, but the Howling, the book, is terrible. It's worse than the movie. The movie's actually pretty funny. There's a it, book? Yeah, don't read it. Wow. You don't like the Hunger Games. You won't like this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, May I cool. recommend Father's Day for your shit show review? Oh, shit. You're going to have to watch Father's Day again, aren't you? No. <laughs> no, I don't think I can do <laughs> You evil genius. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good. Oh, man. We should all rewatch it. No, no, no. Should we do a commentary on <laughs> Oh, Day? shit. That's a good idea, too. We're going to see it like three times now. We're so full of good ideas. We are. Actually, Man. you should stay tuned in February because me and Brad, Brad hammered out a non-movie podcast. Well, it's a movie podcast, but not a movie we saw. We're going to be issuing our own awards to counter the Oscars because me and Brad think the Oscars are too political. 
Oh, I think they're too political. So too. instead of like the best actor, this is a, this is just you know a little taste. We haven't really you know thought of actual um, categories, but instead of like best actor, will be the most kick-ass actor or something like that. So it's not you know pretentious. Yeah. You know, it's uh, maybe the best actor, Sylvester Stallone, and Bullet to the Head. We don't know yet. I mean, this will be for next year's. Well, but, you know, you never know. Yeah, like, I think you, I think you do know yet. Uh, you never know. You don't know. Well, how but we you saw f- the movie. We did, so you don't know how we feel about the movie. Oh, that's true. Well, but yeah, you, you know there. How, you know how you feel. We yeah, do. I do. Whoa. There's like. Uh, Did I mark this with the marker? Because there's black stuff on that's it. That's how I pulled it mm-hmm. out of the storage. Huh. Weird. Anyways, stuff we've been no watching. One, no one knows what you were talking about. I just talked about. over my fucking intro. I know. I know. No, one, it, no one knew what you were talking about. The out of context, you talking about markers on stuff, nobody knows. I actually. Uh, anyway, stuff we've been watching. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. I, I've I had to write it down because I've been watching so much stuff lately. Yeah. Um, but I, I I I this is a little out of order. But I thought I'd highlight. Um, I think the one that's the well, I don't know if it's say most important. But I, I saw Mama this week. Mm, cool. And it's a movie I actually did want to see after I saw the previews because yeah. I thought it actually looked kind of creepy. Fans have been curious to know. And I it, it was great. I went. It was like five o'clock on um, Thursday. I went to the movies. And I was the only one in there for like 20 minutes. God, and tw- you lucky son of a bitch. <laughs> but, but 20 minutes after the movie started, a whole family walked in. Oh, wow. Uh, I said, what the hell? What is like 20 minutes after the movie? You're still going to come and see the movie? It sucked. But they didn't They didn't say anything through the whole movie. So oh, good. Whatever. They just came in, sat down, and started watching the movie. Yeah. It's not that I, um, I like seeing movies with people. I want people to react to movies, and I like having that, that community thing. I just want you to not talk. Mm-hmm. There, there's a little, there is a fine line. Oh but yeah, I, and I will say this too: I don't mind people, uh, children talking in like animated movies if right. they enjoy it. Yeah. Or when my little nephew got all pissed because Darth Vader wasn't in Episode One, and that's pretty <laughs> funny. Yeah. Um, or even in like a real bad movie, like people got a little bit chatty in Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and I was cool with that because I was like, well, you, you got to do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. But if it's if it's a movie that is even halfway decent, then shut up. Come on. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Anyways, I saw Mama. Um, and the story is, it actually is different than I thought it would be. I uh, It opens with this father, and he it's actually kind of creepy. Um, there's a news report going about how the stock market crashed, and at this equity firm or firm that handles stocks, I don't know what you call them, um, there was a murder. And um, so then this father comes home, and he picks up his two little girls, and you find out that the guy who picked up as these two little girls is actually the guy who killed all the people there, including his wife, mm-hmm. um, because his company crashed or something. And so the two little girls are the, the girls that you've seen in the trailers, uh, you know, the, yeah. but what makes it actually, um, like that girl who eats hair. Exactly. What, which is, what's really cool about this movie is, um, those girls, the one little girl, Victoria, who's the older one is she's, she's developed. She's like a, I think she's like five mm-hmm. when she's left in, the the cabin her little sister lily is can't even talk yet yeah so when they're at that cabin for five years you know victoria still has the ability to talk and communicate right lily doesn't so she's really feral wow. and uh, so she communicates with like drawings and um her stand it's, it's a really kind of creepy um slow burning horror movie it's not one of those movies that it moves by really quickly um yeah, they don't. They don't just like introduce you to the monster and then just give you sequences of the monster killing people. Uh you mean the opening? There is a. It's it's the, it's not spoilers because it's the very beginning, and the point of it is the father is actually going to kill the little girls too, 
And when he goes to kill these girls, that spirit kills him. Ah. So the 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 whole premise of it is the spirit is very protective of these children. Right. Yeah. Um. So when they're found by these hunters that his twin brother, who's the father, hired to try to find him, they found him in this cabin and um. They take over, and what they don't tell in the trailer too is Jessica Chastain's character. She's actually she doesn't want kids. Yeah, and so some of it was kind of shocking to me watching it because in the trailer they have you know the little girl's like mama, yeah. and she says you can call me that if you want, but the actual line in the movie is my name's Annabelle. You don't call me mama. Oh shit! So it's a it's a really interesting dynamic. Yeah. Um, but as she starts spending time with these girls, you know, she starts to like him. Something happens to the brother. He has to go to the hospital because he's knocked into a coma by mama. And so she starts developing a relationship with the older girl, Victoria. And they also sell it in the trailer that, you know, the little girl gets jealous of, you know, Victoria and Jessica Chastain's right. character bonding. But it's not her character. It's the ghost that gets jealous. Uh, so the ghost doesn't want to lose these little girls. So the whole movie is the ghost protecting these girls in violent ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, uh, the CG sucks, unfortunately. Shit. Um, there is some really effective parts in it. Uh, the part where it's coming at you is pretty good. Um, there's parts at the end where the ghost looks really good. I won't spoil the ending because the ending is actually kind of shocking. Yeah. I um, I know the ending and that is why I'm curious. And I, I um, was I couldn't when I was watching I couldn't believe they actually went that way. Yeah, that's what people keep saying. Because, you know, it's I always respect movies that kind of have balls to do what this movie did. And there's parts in this movie that are really good and there's parts of it that are not so good. Um it, it follows it falls into the traps of sometimes a horror movie and I think maybe it has a lot to do with they edited a lot of it out. Because there is, I mean, 40 minutes where the ghost doesn't even show up. Yeah. It's about this these girls bonding with the, their new mom, you know, right. Jessica Chastain's character. And th- there's a weird part where um, the brother is in a coma. And he they say it's only a partial one. He wakes up and he finds out that you know, he has to do something. And, and so he leaves the hospital. But he doesn't tell uh, Annabelle, Jessica Chastain, that he left. And then they just meet up again on this road because and he <laughs> says, I got your phone call. And so it seems like there's a whole like section of oh. him telling him what she's what he's doing, where he's going. Yeah, because she never seems concerned that he's not in the hospital anymore. <laughs> she's not walking in the street like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Um. So I do recommend you going to see Mama. I want to see it again uh, just because I mean, I like it, but I don't know how much I like it. Right. Um, I thought it was, again, the ending and there's some pretty creepy parts in it. Now, you know, like I said, I know what the ending is. Do you feel like that ending is like, it makes sense story wise and is totally, totally right. Or, or does it feel like they're just doing that because they know it'll be shocking? Uh, I think actually totally, it makes tons of sense. Okay, cool. Um, cause I would love, I would love a movie that earns that as, as you know, yeah, as fucked up and I, creepy I will, as that sounds, but uh, you know, I will say this: that part is actually kind of heartbreaking. There, that's um, what I want to know because th- I, I tweeted out that I'm becoming a fan of Jessica Chastain because in a horror movie, you know, usually the actress isn't asked to do too much because she's going to yeah. be the scary one. She's actually the strong character in this, and there's a man. It's hard to talk about without spoiling it, but um, there's a part where she's struggling with what's happening, yeah, and she doesn't want something to happen. And she's just crying, and the ghost keeps on trying to... The ghost can, like, suck your life force out or something. Sure. So, why not? Yeah, why not? Uh, basically. And so the ghost keeps on trying to stop her, and it's a really... Oh, man. 
So the ghost is such a like a protecting, and then she realizes that this lady's protecting whatever she's protecting. Yeah. And so it's a you can what well, the cool part. This is when the ghost is effective because you can see the ghost struggling with what is going to happen. Yeah. And um, but it, it it still will shock you if you watch it because. A lot of movies don't deal with what happens in this movie. Yeah. So I, I do recommend you going to see Mama if you like horror movies. Um, if you can get past the crummy CGI and sometimes the awkward dialogue. Mm. Um, but it happens a lot. Uh, the director is really good, though, for his first film. Some great moments. Very cool. Great moments. Very cool. Um, cool. So I saw Mama. Go check it out. I also saw, because James <laughs> last week kept on talking about Van Helsing. <laughs> so I, uh, I went to Second Spin, and they had a Blu-ray of Van Helsing for 6 bucks. So I got it. Nice. And the Blu-ray is beautiful. And it actually, I, I remember not being that impressed with the Dracula transformation. No. It looks better on Blu-ray, surprisingly. Really? Um, there's still some clunky parts in the movie. And uh, the Mr. Hyde is really bad. Um, yeah. Because I, I don't think that should have been a CG character. Um, but the movie's still tons of fun. And I, I still enjoyed it. And it moved by so quick. Uh you know, I think the werewolf transformation is so cool where he rips his skin off. Yeah. Um, I mean, the CG, as I remember, the CG there is not great, but the idea of that character, yeah. of that transformation is cool. Yeah. I mean, there's um, some, uh, but there's some parts where the, that, like the, the backgrounds look so great. And I mean, yeah. um, the, the, the colors are so great because it's like that gray blue. Right. And, uh, yeah, there, I mean, there's, I still like the movie. I still had fun watching it. Yeah. Um, I know Kate Beckinsale's accent was a little distracting. And no, but that's not why you watch a movie with Kate Beckinsale. No, and you know, I but I had fun, and you know, yeah. I forgot that you know she he, she gets killed at the end. Yeah, I was watching like, oh my god, they totally fucking killed that character. Yeah, and it's that part's really badass. You know, werewolf fighting Dracula, of course yeah. CG, but it's still fun. The uh, I like the Frankenstein in that movie too. Underused, oh, yeah. but but a cool design. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. And, like well, the, and sort of, sort of well acted, if that makes sense. No, I, mean, I think I think actually all the monsters in it are really well designed. Yeah. I think maybe the movie was some of the some of was, the vampire stuff. I think is a little bit over the top. It it's is. That, it's that like late nineties. Everything has lots of teeth nonsense. It is, but I think I still think there's some, but there's some transformations with the lady vampires. I think that are really cool. Yeah. Um. You know the actually the scene uh, where Kate Beckinsale's trying to get the cure for the werewolf in the one room, and she's swooping around and. Uh, she moves her dress, goes from wings into her dress and stuff. I think it's oh, pretty cool. I do kind of remember something like that. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a popcorn movie. You're not going right. to win any awards, but it's still fun to see. Uh, I, uh, I took my – I'd seen the movie, and then I – my mom wanted us to go to that Cinema Grill, if you remember mm-hmm. that place where they like, you can get food at the same time. And so they were showing that, and I, my brother and I were like, yeah, sure, you know, yeah, Mom, you'll like this movie, sure. Of course she fucking hated it. Sure. Because, no, that's totally not her kind of movie. And then I felt bad about that movie for a long time, where I was mm-hmm. like, well, uh, I, can't, I can't watch that movie again. But yeah. Because it, 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 it's not for everybody. No, it's not. it's not. I mean, it's fun, though. And if you like action, I mean, the action's really cool in it. Yeah. And there's actually the scene where Mr. Hyde dies, I think, is actually pretty, like, horrific. Yeah. Because, you know, he changes in mid-descent into Dr. Jekyll, so he, you know, dies at the end. Yeah. And so, yeah, check it out. I mean, it's fun. I'm probably going to watch it again with a commentary because I want to. Oh, I love Stephen Summers. Um, I just do. Because, you know, it, and I think he knows that, you know, what the movie is. Yeah. And Hugh Jackman has fun in it, and I'm always a fan of Hugh. Um, 
I also saw uh, War of the Worlds, which I haven't seen in forever, and that movie is amazing. Yep. And you know, as and now I'm, I, I would say I'm a more uh, mature moviegoer, um, understanding story more. And that whole story is literally about a father being a deadbeat and him trying to reconnect with his kids yep. with aliens thrown in it. And the special effects in it are astounding. And on Blu-ray, oh my gosh. Uh, I mean, just... And what's interesting watching it is I think it's the only role I can remember recently of Tom Cruise where he's not really the hero. Yeah. He's kind of the guy who hides from everything and... Um, you know he is he's not a cool dad he's he's as he's as immature as his son and so you know there's that scene where his son's trying to join up with the army and he's saying you know where are you going what the hell are you doing and his son says you don't you know you don't even care about me why do you even care that i'm here and yeah it's so good if uh if it weren't for that movie not you know the the end of that movie sort of cuts the balls off uh, of itself if it weren't for that it would probably be one of my favorites even spielberg movies um, I mean, which one of my favorite being, you know, my top 20 of Steven Spielberg movies out of what, 30. <laughs> um, but still like, I, See, I, think I love the, that movie. I think the ending is pretty, um, profound. I haven't seen it in a while, it's, but I think, are you talking about I'm talking about the fact that the back? sun, sun, the yeah. sun. Oh, 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 the sun. I, oh, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, oh, yeah I thought yeah, you no, meant no, about the aliens. No, 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 That, the, the aliens dying, that is perfect. The, them getting to the house at the end and seeing Miranda Otto cool it's when the sun shows back up um mostly because maybe i don't think that the way they kill him is the best you know like if mm-hmm. if he just disappeared you know and and then he showed up there again or or we just knew found out somehow like oh he ended up okay but he had to go do his own thing mm-hmm. then that that theme works out but just the idea that like miraculously he shows up at the end that's that bugs me but when they tease that he probably died yeah and it's, it's not like a major plot point it just kind of resolves the fact that he made this decision, yeah, and his father was right about it. But the fact that he shows up the is like, oh, okay, well, yeah, no harm no but, foul. But that scene though, like when he's on the hill, oh my god! No, I love that's the thing. Where I love that he's scene. Like you do this, you're gonna die. I'm like, yeah, I'm like trying then he, not to cry. I'm right, like, but then he and he runs over that hill, and the whole hill bursts into flames, and you're like, holy shit! <laughs> like, and it 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 really amps up the stakes for when it's just him and his daughter later mm-hmm. and he's trying to he has to protect her from oh, fucking the Tim, Tim Robbins, Robbins. Oh, dude, I, then you're like yes Tom you have to do whatever you can do to save your last little time. Dakota Fanning because she's all you have left now um, but I mean I, like I'm getting older and like things affect me now more in that movie yeah. I like I seriously started getting like all shook up when he you just see him close the door behind him, Yo. and you're like, oh, my God, he's going to kill this guy. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's powerful. It's great. The movie oh. is awesome. Yeah. And if you've never seen War of the Worlds, my, I, my, I was watching it, my wife came home, and she she hates Tom Cruise, and I yeah. don't get it. I don't understand. I'm, I yeah, uh, I don't understand. They're like, there's just this group of people that don't like him for some reason, um, and none of them can ever tell me why. Is they, they, my wife is lying because it's personal stuff. I mean, that doesn't mean his movies are bad. And what personal stuff? Like he jumped on a lady's couch once. Exactly. Like, he, now he's a Scientologist, so he's a crazy pants. I understand that. I think but that's you know, wife there are was more of mad about his uh, stance on antidepressants. Oh yeah, that's because he's a Scientologist. Yeah, but he's he, yeah, you know. You know what? Top Gun still kicks ass. There are plenty of crazies out there, and and here's the thing: he what he's talking about there, he's not talking about being an anti semite or anything like really horrible. Mm-hmm. Like he's just talking like, hey, I think most people should be able to handle their shit, handle <laughs> handle their depression, which is 
an unsafe way of looking at things. Yeah. I agree. But um, still. There's worse things. Yeah. He's not the worst human being on the <laughs> yeah. planet. You know, he's not like Ray Lewis where he allegedly murdered somebody who's playing in a Super Bowl. Just yeah. saying. Um, if, if Jim Cameron were nice to people and didn't like antidepressant drugs, I would like Jim Cameron as a person better. You don't even I'll call say James. That. Wow. Oh, yeah. Don't want yeah. to be associated with it. <laughs> um, I'll do these next two together. I saw Mission Impossible 2 and 3 again. Dude. Um, two is the weakest of them. Yes. But I still think it's a cool movie. Yes. Because there's just so many... It sounds silly, but even the scene where he's in the bathtub with her and, you know, she's trying to get the necklace from... Oh, yeah. Right. It's at so the beginning. Good. It's pretty cool. Yep. And uh, But it... it it suffers from John Woo big time. Yes. But there's still some badass moments. I love when he's on the beach and he kicks the gun up and grabs it and shoots it. Doesn't make any sense, it, but it's cool. It's cool. Yep. I mean, that movie is literally just a bunch of cool shots. Yeah. And it's... I, I, I unabashedly love when he's driving the motorcycle and he, like, spins the motorcycle and shoots holes in the car and oh, the car yeah, explodes. Dude, awesome. I don't... I know it's dumb. It's still cool to look at. But it just the movie's is. still cool. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think it's one of the better ideas for a like a villain in a spy movie like the mm-hmm. idea that he's stolen a virus and the cure to that virus so that he can release this virus and then make lots of money selling the virus to the cure to people like mm-hmm. yeah it's the same reason why i really like tomorrow never dies because that's a bond movie where the villain just wants to start a war so he can sell newspapers you know he, he's not building a giant laser in space or anything like that, sure. like that. it's not it's not some bombastic kind of a plan um it's not over the top i mean it's over the top but it's uh, it's slightly more creative, you know. Um, yeah, I like that movie. Yeah, I, it's fun. Um, but when you follow it immediately with watching Mission Impossible Three, yeah, uh, <laughs> it's <laughs> it's tough because yeah. I was talking to Brad earlier. That opening scene, Tom Cruise should have won an Oscar. <laughs> I mean, seriously, because he goes through so many emotions, and Philip Seymour Hoffman is so awesome as yeah. a bad guy oh, because he's he's so scary. You know, you wouldn't think of. Philip Seymour Hoffman is being scary, but that scene when they're on the plane and he says, what's your name? Yeah, I'll kill everybody that you know. And yeah. he means it. Yep. He's one of those guys who means it. And it's... Uh, man, that action sequence on the um, the Key West Highway. Oh, dude. Oh, man. Dude, that whole movie is badass. I don't understand how that explosion... It's another thing where when, he, when that car explodes and he gets thrown sideways into another car, I don't know why he got thrown sideways, but it's cool. It it's is. It's just so cool. It is, uh, and it, oh, you man. feel for him because you know the he doesn't want to be in the spy thing anymore. And then he goes, gets Carrie Russell out of there, and yeah, um, oh, dude, that movie's so and her awesome. brain pops. Yep, and her eyes go different ways. I forgot how creepy yes. that is. Oh man, <laughs> yeah. It's also one of my. If you've ever seen JJ's um, TED Talk, which if you haven't, dude, you got to go check that out. Uh, but he specifically talks about that scene where they're putting the the thing into Tom Cruise's brain, mm-hmm. right, to pop. To, to kill him later um and it's it's one of the first times where i really respected jj as like a um sort of not guerrilla filmmaker but one of those guys who clearly was making movies when he was a kid and was trying to find creative ways to to do stuff because he was saying that they could never they couldn't get that gun in his nose and not hurt him because like the other guy couldn't do it mm-hmm. so what they ended up doing was they took Tom Cruise's hand, put it in the bad, the bad guy's sleeve, and then it's actually Tom's hand that holding the gun, putting the, putting that thing into his nose and pulling the trigger, because uh, oh, wow. he would know he would know how hard he could push to make it look like it was gonna really hurt him, but not, but not actually hurt oh, himself, sweet. you know? Oh, brilliant, brilliant! It is, and you know, 
watching that again after I've watched all of Alias, you can see so much Alias in oh, it. Oh, I said afterwards, it, that's an Alias movie. Because that is Alias the movie. Because I'm pretty sure the pilot for Alias is the opening of that movie where yep. she's tied to a chair. and Well, and because the whole um, Alias, you know, one of the tropes of Alias sort of was that thing of starting the episode with a sneak peek at what was going to happen mm-hmm. later, you know, like after the credits would roll, they'd say 72 hours earlier, you know, yeah. and then tell you the story to get there. And that's what that movie is. Yeah, it's um, badass. I mean, Carrie Russell, in some parts of my brain, I'm like, Carrie Russell is Sydney Bristow when she dies at the beginning. Yeah. And then somebody, you know. You know, I was thinking that too. I was like, that would be so sweet if it was Jennifer Garner. <laughs> it would have been really cool. It would have been really, really cool. Um, oh, I can't help it. But it wasn't. No. Uh, and I saw two Robert Downey Jr. movies this week. Cool. One I haven't seen before. It's called 1969. And it's uh, with Kiefer Sutherland and Robert Downey Jr. They're both graduates. Uh, well, they're not graduating college yet. They're enrolled in college so they don't have to be drafted and go into vietnam Hmm. and the movie starts out pretty funny the performances are really good until they meet his brother who's getting shipped to vietnam and it's as you're watching you can just tell it's going to be cheesy you know what i mean Uh, because you know the brother's going to die in vietnam yeah uh but the performances are really good um kiefer and robert downey jr really good winona Ryder's really good in it Hmm. um Anyways, they what happens is Kiefer kind of turns into a hippie. Um, Robert Downey Jr. flunks out of uh, college, and when he does that, he he's eligible for the draft. And he ends up getting drafted, mm-hmm. um, but in the he tries to steal his draft papers from the city. I don't know where they go. Yeah, and uh, so they're at Kiefer Sutherland's at. Well, he was going to run. With, this is so stupid. I'm sorry. I'm trying to remember the movie exactly. So, anyways, uh, he's going to Canada to run away, and then Winona Ryder tells him with like this really sappy music, says, "Real men don't run away. Why are you running away from freedom? You have the freedom to fight." No. And Kiefer gets back in his Volkswagen van, and Ugh. he goes to his brother's funeral, and he says that we don't. Uh, I love my brother, but I hate this fucking war or whatever he says. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he says fucking. <laughs> Duh. And so he says, I'm going to go get my friend out of um, jail. So they're going to protest his friend being in jail who's going to be shipped, you know, in the draft. And so they leave his brother's funeral hand in hand and all the moms go with him. And then they aren't literally hand in hand. Yes. And then uh, the dad who was so mad at Kiefer because he got in a fight with his older brother before he left because he didn't agree with the war. And so he was leaving and his dad's just shaking his head. But all of a sudden, when the music turns to really sappy, his dad joins in the march. So they're walking from the funeral. Then they're walking through the city, and everybody joins in in this protest. Oh, no. It's so cheesy. But it's like... Uh, do, they, do they join hands and then sing hands across America? They should have, but oh, everybody man. does join hands, and they literally just pour out. It's, You know, it's like one of the most cheesy things you'll oh, ever see in your life. No. Where oh. the performances are so good, and... Leading up to maybe the last 20 minutes, the movie's actually pretty good. Yeah. And then you're just like, oh, my gosh, they totally just you... ruined it. Oh, because gosh. it's funny. It's heartbreaking. Um, but. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's one of those things where, like, if you're going to tell a story where it's got a little bit of cheese in it because a, a brother dies in Vietnam, like, hey, that happened. And I, yeah. can, I can deal with that. But when you take it that far, it's like, oh. Exactly. We're, I they're can't, they're I can't playing cheesy this. music, and all of a sudden the town decides yeah. that they're going to rally because. He, his brother died of Vietnam. He gave some speech at his funeral and stuff. Yeah. 
yeah, it's it's one of those things. You know, it's why like cliches work because they are they are they happen they they get used a lot and become cliches because they work. Yeah. Um, but if you just fill a movie with cliches, then you can't forgive that nope. one one or two cliches anymore. Um, that's too bad. Because I really wish it was just a movie with Kiefer and Robert Downey Jr. Trying, because I mean, they have some really funny moments when they're in college, yeah. and funny moments when uh, Robert Downey Jr. takes acid, um, <laughs> and so, <laughs> probably in real life too. And it, yeah, it's uh, so that part's fun, and but then they, yeah, that's too bad. And then uh, the last thing I watched was Zodiac, ooh, the director's cut, <laughs> which uh, movie oh, is what, what's what is different about the director's uh, it's cut? It's like twenty minutes longer. Could, I don't remember wow. what's different though. I huh, I don't. It's not, there's not more gore. I know that. Well, yeah. There's not more killing. Um, I think it's a lot, you know, I do, I think the thing I do remember is there's more scenes with them talking, with him talking to different uh, sheriffs in the the, um, different towns. Oh. I remember, and a little more exposition. Um, But again, talk about a movie where everybody's on their A game. Oh, yeah. Um, All the actors are awesome. And there's some really funny parts in it that I didn't remember. Yeah. Um, The retard part. Um, the the way that the <laughs> can't, we can't just leave it at the <laughs> retard part. Well, Jake Gyllenhaal says something to the guy who sells pastries. I forget, and he says it. I think he says, it, "Does it bother you that everybody calls you shorty?" And the pastry guy says, "Does it bother you everyone calls you retard?" Yeah. And, he's, and uh, Jake Gyllenhaal says, "Wait, who who calls me retarded?" <laughs> and he goes away. Then he goes to Paul Avery's desk, Robert Downey Jr.'s desk, and he says. Hey Paul, does anybody call me names? And he says, "What, like retard?" No, nobody calls you names. <laughs> and oh, it seems man. really out of place, but it's funny because it's yeah. just you know what normal people do. Well, and that movie is surprisingly good at at changing tone because especially in that second half where it's just about him trying to solve the mystery, um, you know, it's so dramatic and you're just following him so much, and then like the basement scene happens, oh, dude. and it just turns the tension on like a faucet yeah, what, what's cool about that movie is you know they set up that gray smith believes that it was that lee guy yeah but it could have been the other guy there or someone yeah. else because obviously no one knows who the zodiac is right. and the movie does a great job of setting that up and i mean the scene with the two people on the lake shore is pretty scary oh yeah um that, i i used to use that movie as an example of the right way to use cg because that knife mm-hmm. is a cg knife really but um and and it's it's amazing because it's the most intense thing like watch I was disturbed by that scene and it's still one of the scariest movies for me to watch. Um, well, because it, it's so random. I mean, the right. violence in it. Yep. Um And the the idea that 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 last little section, you know, at the airport, and then the the di- the box that comes up mm-hmm. at the end where it says like, you know, the guy died of whatever cancer or whatever, uh, and then there were there were the zodiac was never heard of again. Um, like that is so chilling and creepy. Like the idea yeah. that was, he was never caught, we don't know what happened. Um, that's it's scary. Yeah, and the you know, there's a great moment when. You kind of forget about it because it's kind of a throwaway line in the movie about halfway because the director's cut's almost three hours long. Yeah. So, I mean, ha- about halfway through the movie, his Jake Gyllenhaal's wife asks him and says, well, what are, you, what are you trying to get out of this? He says, well, I just want to look him in the eye. Mm-hmm. And that's all I want to do. And then, you know, the another hour and a half goes by and then he goes into that Ace Hardware and he says, are you Lee so-and-so? And he says, yeah. Yeah. And it's like 20 seconds of them just looking at each other and oh. the actor who plays him realizes that he knows that he's the zodiac basically yeah. and it's it's pretty good with it's no dialogue good. spoken um so i'm really interested to dive into the actual special features of it 
and, and the movie's amazing. Yeah. So it, it's it's definitely one of uh, Robert Downey Jr. is really good in it, but it's one I think one of the best well one of the best made movies that he's in. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's what I saw this week. Cool. Lots of stuff. Brad, what did you see this week? Uh, I didn't see a lot this week. Uh, I watched more Star Trek uh, season five, Next Generation. And cool. then uh, I watched The New Office, and you guys don't care about the new season of The Office, so, James, what'd you watch? Uh, I don't want to say I don't care. You don't. I, <laughs> I don't care. I wish it didn't exist. That's what I wish. Yeah, I care, but I wish it didn't exist. It's a shame. I think it's good. Uh, but what'd you watch? Anyway, all right. Um, I got a chance to see Silver Lang's playbook this week. Did you really? I did. Did you like it? Uh yes yeah, yeah 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 I should say before I say anything bad about this movie which I will <laughs> I should say I think it's really good um I think that the performances are really good uh I while while I don't think that I I think that what um David O Russell is trying to do directorially is kind of neat where he 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 makes the beginning of the movie kind of manic you know just in the way that he films it and that is supposed to reflect the fact that at the beginning he the or, or the main character is um crazier than he will be later um but it's sort of distracting and annoying more than so you're it saying is it's not as good as Sam Raimi when he's filming uh, Sandman and he can't hold it yes. together I love yes. that scene yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And, and I'm not talking about the scene where he's born, but when Sandman's walking down the street and the camera's all shaky and he's yeah. trying to keep him. Oh, I fucking love that scene. It's good. Anyways, um, <laughs> anyway, not about Spider Man. Um, oh, it's man. just a, it's just a thing that I I think I just hate David O. Russell's direction for the most part because I feel like when I watch his movies, he is simply kind of just trying to steal other people's style. I never I never see something and I think like, oh, that's very David O. Russell. You know, and I think he wants to be one of those directors. But really, he's I not. never got that from that movie. I, I mean, I, I, I guess I get that he's just shooting a drama. That it's nothing yeah. that he can really do about it. But but it, there, there were things that he would do where he would. I, I felt like he was drawing attention to the way he was shooting it more than, and, and not in a cool way, a way that's really cool and inventive. Like I never looked at a shot and thought, "Oh, that's pretty." It was more like, "Oh, that's." I I know you're doing something like I I you're you're telling me you're you're filming it in a way where I I can't not realize what you're doing, but I don't think it's very interesting if that makes sense. Yeah. But uh, anyway, that's beside the point. Um, the thing is, so this movie is probably gonna win Best Picture because, and I knew that as soon as that Weinstein logo came <laughs> up because I was like, oh shit, like come on. Um, and they've been pushing it a lot, and obviously got tons of nominations, so. It's very likely this is not a best picture of the year. Um, this is a really good sort of, um, you know, drama that takes some, uh, especially, man, that first half or so, the, the idea, the themes that it's dealing with, these problems that these people have are really deep and, and interesting, and I, I want to explore them more. Uh, unfortunately, these, the, the third act is everything that I wouldn't want you to do in that mo- in a movie like that, where um, the solutions to these people's problems are simply that they need to fall in love. And then th- suddenly like it, well that all of their other problems, like their money problems and stuff like that ha- end up resting on them dancing. Um, and it's just it, like, it's too convenient the way that it all lines up at the end and then works out. And I'm like, this is, this is the cheap way to deal with these issues. 
and and it, it sort of squanders i think all of the amazing work that bradley cooper does early on see actually um, i think it's uh sorry i mean no you're good you're good uh, the only thing i disagree with i think he um bradley cooper's character actually grows in the movie and that he figures out what they're doing to him and still goes along with their plan yeah i because I, I think he, there's a because there's a part where he does start falling in love with her remember when, yes uh uh Chris Tucker shows up and he's like, mm, "Let's go. You've been talking about right." No, I didn't. like my Chris. Chris Tucker. Tucker is actually really good and doesn't. Oh sing. no! Surprisingly, does not sound like that no, in this movie. No, he's really good in that movie. Yeah. Uh, no, I I agree, but my my point is still that I don't think I don't I don't feel like I'm seeing him grow and change, hmm. or or certainly not understanding why he is because I I I don't buy that it's just that oh he's falling in love with this girl mm-hmm. um, because I maybe my favorite little piece of tension is the fact that he keeps talking about his wife like they're still in love and he's going to get her back yeah. and like that the you know the idea that oh man at some point they're going to have to rip this band-aid off and they kind of don't like they kind of find a way like like they set it up like oh here's here's where the conflict's going to be and then we find out like oh well i mean spoilers for the movie but he kind of finds out like oh he already knew that so he already dealt with it like oh you you missed it he already fixed himself it's been a while what how how did you not know and that's that's what bugged me about it was it um i think bradley cooper is really amazing in this movie um and his his portrayal of this character in that first act certainly um is fantastic because you you don't really know what he's going to do mm-hmm. you you really don't trust him you kind of feel like he's going to explode at any time, but you are also rooting for him. Um, but then I don't, I don't feel like I see the other side of that where I, I really see him change. Um, or anyway, um, I think I think it is just a little bit too family friendly for its own good, if that makes sense. You know, they swear and stuff like that. But as far as like wrapping everything up and trying to be neat about it, um, it's not what I wanted with what they gave me to begin with. Um, but still, I'm pretty good. It's a it's a yeah. good movie. You should see the movie. Um, just better not win Best Picture. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Batman: The Dark Knight Returns Part Two came out this week, nice. and I picked it up. Um, and it's really it's still really good. Uh, I don't think I loved it as much as the first half, but I think um, you know the second half is is just a lot more building towards the fact that Batman and Superman are going to fight. Uh, and it is still really cool. Kevin Smith was crying when he was talking about it in his podcast. Oh, really? This week, yeah. Oh man, um, they do the they do the ending really well. I mean, because you guys know how that book ends. How does it end? <laughs> um, the uh, they do the ending part really well, but I just found myself less interesting. Like, because I think there's less Batman as a character in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if you watch them all together. Dude, they did a really good job. Um, I mean, it's almost panel for panel that book, but uh, it's still really cool. You should check it out. And if you if you didn't buy the first one, that's probably a good thing because now the second one comes with a coupon on the front that says if you buy them together, you get five bucks off. Um, so go pick them up because um, they're 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 pretty cool. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna wait for the inevitable uh, combined the two as yeah. one purchase. Probably. How's Michael Emerson as the Joker? Oh, he's pretty good. Um, it's a it is a different kind of a Joker. Um, but it the well, truth is that one was written differently yeah, too. Yeah, I was say he's different than he is. In the yeah, I, I think it was a good choice. I think his laugh is is good, but not iconic the way that Mark Hamill's is. Um, it's a bit more 
it's a bit more chilling and controlled, mm. which I think is a, a cool, creepy kind of uh, way to play that character. Because um, it just seems like, because especially with where that goes and this sort of wrapping up of the Joker and Batman's story together, if you will, um, I think it makes sense because he, at that point, sort of feels like he has gotten on, you know, he's gotten the best of Batman. Um, and, and he really is sort of in control. And so I think he, yeah, he does. The Joker really, makes it out of it, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Joker wins at the end. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, Spartacus came back this week. War Fuck of the you, Damned. Stars. <laughs> um, and I realized that this season that it's too bad that the way they've done this is that every season just starts and they introduce a new villain and then they kill that guy at the end of the season because now this is the last season of the show. Um, and you know, if you know the story of Spartacus, guess he what? He makes it out alive. Yeah, <laughs> yes, you're right. Spartacus makes it out, but everybody else gets crucified. Um, <laughs> anyway, it's not going to be the the happiest season, but I would hope that like it would have been cool if they had had one big villain that f- at the end, you know, they, maybe they could have killed him, but then still got caught and got crucified. Well, they already killed the big villain. I know that's my point. Mm. So it's kind of like this season has starts off with them then introducing another villain and trying to convince you like oh you're supposed to not like this guy um, and that's you know not the worst problem but I still lots of blood and guts yeah and yeah tits. there is oh yeah no it's oh, still the dude, same show it. yeah it's, it. if you like Spartacus guess what it's more Spartacus you know I love Spartacus yeah um, the Americans also started on FX this week. Uh, which and you actually watched it? I did, and I really like the trailer for this show. I thought, man, this is so cheesy. Like the idea that you're going to make a show about the the Cold War. I'm just like, uh, come on. Uh, and it is very obviously a sort of Homeland ripoff, where they're like, hey, everybody likes Homeland. What if we did one that was uh, a a family of um, like Soviet spies who were hiding in America in the 80s. Um, and it's it's actually a lot better than I thought it was going to be, and I probably will keep watching it. Hmm. The only reason I watched it is because it's on FX, and I thought they make great shows, so I need to give them a shot. Um, and it's it's definitely better than I thought. Uh, Carrie Russell is really good because it turns out she is, um, she's the she's the wife, who, and and she's really the one who is m- more into being a Soviet. Like at this point, they've been in America for so long that there is this tension very early on between her and her husband that he's kind of like, you know what, they're getting close to us, and maybe we should just turn over, give ourselves in, and then just live this life as Americans, and you know, be done with this whole being Soviets thing. And she's like, the she is the true believer who you know, no, we our our <laughs> one of the other cool things is like their kids are growing up in America and don't know that they are their parents are are spies. So like she's secretly trying to, you know, convince them to be Soviets. And there's this conversation at breakfast at one point where, because uh, there there's an astronaut who visits the school, and he he's talking about, oh man, you know, how cool is this? The guy's an astronaut. And the dad says, well, he didn't land on the moon though, right? And he's like, no, no, he was in Apollo nine, so he got he just got real close. And her, uh, the the mom goes, well, you know the moon isn't everything like just getting into space. Like that's a big achievement. (laughs) (laughs) I was laughing so hard. I was like, well, yeah, they did do that first. That was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. 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 Soviets can do cool things. (laughs) Um, but yeah, it's pretty cool. And there's a, there's a pretty badass Carrie Russell fighting a dude, smashes his head into a wall fight sequence. And when that was over, I was like, okay, you've, you've won me over. You're going (laughs) to do some cool stuff here. 
Um, but at the same time, there's some there there are some things that are obviously like a literally an FBI agent moves in into the house across the street, and you're just like, ah, oh, <laughs> come on, like you that's too easy. Um, but they're they're playing it in some interesting ways and trying to cover their tracks on how obvious their their writing ploys are and things like that. But uh, still, I will probably keep watching it. It's it's one of the better new shows that I've seen in the last year. Uh, but the better better new show, uh, House of Cards, started this week. Um, honestly, though, I I still have ten more minutes left on the first episode, so I haven't seen enough of it, and I will probably watch the whole season this week. Um, House of Cards is the Netflix original series, the first episode of which is directed by David Fincher um of zodiac fame and from denver colorado oh really he's yeah. from De- man every cool director is from denver right. colorado because i we learned this week that ryan johnson and um scott, uh, derrickson. scott derrickson are both from colorado which is cool who knew colorado is such a mecca for filmmakers see brad you can do it if you're if you're listening and you want to be on our podcast and you're in denver at some point scott derrickson listening to our podcast please join us ryan johnson ryan please johnson. Join oh us. man oh I would be the best friends with Ryan Johnson all day. Wow. We Look at he just cast us aside, dude. No, yeah, I would fuck you guys. Ryan Johnson, stay away from the podcast. <laughs> Ryan. <laughs> Ryan Ryan Johnson, if you come to Denver, I James will, is playing to kill you. I will go play in the park with you and we will go on the slides together. <laughs> oh, that's cute. And James. we'll hold hands and listen to music and like throw feathers and, and throw flowers feathers. in there. I don't know what a kid. What do children do? Yeah, throw a feather. That's dumb. When I was a kid, I stayed. I stayed indoors and I played with Legos. So I don't know what normal children do when they're like <laughs> frolicking. Do kids still frolic? Anyway, absolutely. House of Cards. <laughs> David Fincher's uh, stars uh, Kevin Spacey, um, Robin Penn, Robin Wright. I mean, is thank in it. you. Um, who I still love. Man, mm. she's great. Um, and the two of them play. He's a Congress. He's in Congress. He's the um, he's the uh, majority whip, which I don't know what that is, but I guess it's important in Congress. Um, and his uh, he is, he's just back to the guy who who gets elected to be the next president. And he he did all this work expecting he was going to be the Secretary of State. And they don't promote him to Secretary Secretary of State. They give it to somebody else. And we I don't know what yet because, like I said, I, I haven't seen the whole season, but they. Um, he and his wife, like, cause they are this sort of power couple, uh, and, and there are some really great little lines. What, like at one point he says, um, cause it, it also, they break the fourth wall and he talks to us a lot, uh, the same way that like house of cards, house of lies did, but this time it works. Um, and, and at one point he looks at us and he says, uh, I love that woman. I love her more than a shark loves blood. And just the way that he describes it that way, because that's that's how sort of um, almost bizarre. Like they don't necessarily you don't see them loving each other really, but they are the same kind of person. Like these, um, care like all of their actions are carefully planned. If, if that makes sense, um, not necessarily malicious, but just he, he's thinking through everything, uh, and he's clearly going to try and undermine this new president uh in some interesting ways david palmer uh no no uh. um it's a i don't know he's he's a character actor you've seen him before and but uh, uh oh and uh, kate mara is in the show and she's really good so far nice. i i really like her um so you de- you should definitely check it out obviously if you have netflix it's just there uh watch it if you don't have netflix the first episode is actually free uh you can watch it without uh without a subscription um 
So check that out. And if you don't have Netflix, why are you even listening to our show? Like, just go get <laughs> Netflix. Like, come on. Um, anyway, that is everything I watched this week. Nice. Here's a word from our sponsors. The Comic-Con that is a mile above the rest returns in 2013, and it's bigger than ever. That's right. Stan Lee's going to be at Denver Comic-Con this year. They also have George Takei at Denver Comic-Con 2013. Plus Kelly Who and Will Wheaton. Friend of the podcast, George's Jaunty, will be there. So go online to denvercomiccon.com where you can buy tickets. Stay tuned. VIP tickets for Stan Lee will be available. My man spider sense is tingling. Hey, look, it's man spider. How's it going, true believers? When I'm swinging through Colorado and I need comic books, I head to Arvada, Colorado to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics. Oh, no, the teal troll is attacking me. My son's in danger. Will no one help him? Oh, no, it's man spider. Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics, the whips the competition with great deals on back issues. 50% off, hold slot, 20% off list price. You want sports memorabilia? They got that, too. Where are you going, Man Spider? The teal troll still has my son. Here's web in your eye. Oh, no, I'm bested by Man Spider again. So visit 6700 Wadsworth Boulevard in Arvada, Colorado, and tell them the real nerd sent you. For barbecue that can't be beat, try Birdman Barbecue Sauce. Available and original and spicy. These robust, full-flavor sauces have the awesome power to kick your taste buds in their face. And for that smoke and taste on everything you eat, try a new Birdman Smoke and Rub. Caution! Meat left unrubbed may suffer from flavor performance anxiety. You can pick up Birdman Barbecue at local area Ace Hardware stores, Ruff's Barbecue in Golden, and the Danny Cash Hot Shop Off-Broadway. You can also like us on Facebook at Birdman BBQ. Does this sound familiar? You're interested in purchasing that new action figure, but aren't sure if it's worth it? Well, come check out PlasticExplosion.com, where you can go to find all the latest and greatest action figure previews and reviews. Every week, they'll be bringing you reviews and picks from your favorite collections, such as DC Universe, Masters of the Universe Classics, Marvel Universe, Star Wars, Transformers, and many more. Come check us out at PlasticExplosion.com. That's PlasticExplosion.com. So debuting a new segment on Real Nerds, this is Filmmaker Spotlight. Um, We actually got a message about a month ago. Way longer than that. Yeah. <laughs> it was uh, October, it was, November. It was like October. It was it yeah. October? Yeah. yeah. No. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, Because we were talking about this like back when we were going to Telluride and stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyways, uh, sorry. Uh, well, anyways, we got an email from a gentleman named Christopher Mim, and he specializes in making basically 1950s sci-fi movies. Yeah. And he offered to send us all his movies if we would watch them and review them on our podcast. Well, because there's three of us, it took us a little bit to watch all eight <laughs> movies and get them all going. Plus, as we just said, like it was right around the time that we were doing all these cons and being gone for weekends and stuff, so there was it was hectic. So we really appreciate uh, Christopher Mim sending us stuff because it's really cool for oh, someone yeah. just to send us their work. Um, 
And so I did a little research about him because I kind of wanted to find out why he made these kind of movies. And I I found out that uh, he makes these – he calls them nine, uh, 1950s drive-in cinema. Hmm. Yeah, and uh, he, no, that makes sense. He makes his movies because his father, George, loved these movies. Cool. And um, unfortunately, his father passed away. And when his father passed away, he he kind of missed... Like, he didn't like the movies right away. Yeah. And when his father passed away, he wanted a way to make a movie and kind of honor his father. And so he fell in love with the movies again because... It wasn't no so much that he loved like them, yeah, the actual movie them, you know those nineteen fifties <laughs> movies, yeah. He liked that the stories that his father told about the movies, right. where you know you would see a monster and someone would say their eyes, their eyes, <laughs> or you know something really cheesy like that, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what he did when he got the the muse, I guess, to make the movies is he sat down and he made the first movie he made was in two thousand six. And it was called The Monster of Phantom Lake. Now, uh, what's really cool about his movies is he is very passionate about this style of movie making. Yeah. And you can see, I mean, you could probably drop these in any 1950s, you know, those like 1950s horde boxes yeah, yeah, yeah. that like, you here's have. 500 yeah, sci-fi here's movies. 500 sci- it would fit in them. Yeah, oh, and, for sure. And that's the one thing I really do like about his movies is that... Uh, he goes for a tone, and he totally nails it. Yeah. Um, Especially that uh, I, I didn't know that story until now. Phantom Lake was one of my favorites, uh, and it's because I feel like that's one where there is so much passion behind trying to get as many of those little nods yeah. in there. Um, oh, yeah. That that makes a lot of sense now. Because, um, yeah, there's a lot of just funny little things that if you've seen those movies, you know, like, oh, yeah, that is the, that's the way they say that, or that's the way they film that, that kind of a scene. Um, and that he's he's really good at at sort of mimicking that. Yeah. Um. You know, because we do critique movies, the only thing I will say about his movies is they're they're a, a very similar. Yeah. Um. And reading his his website though, I, he was kind of going for that where they're kind of connected. Yeah. Uh, unofficially connected. Um. So I would like to see him try to branch out and maybe something just a little different. I understand why he makes those movies. Oh yeah. And um, I think he has something interesting to tell uh, Brad as a filmmaker. Um, did, I mean, what do you think about the movies, and do you have a favorite one of his movies that you watched? Uh, they definitely improve uh, as time goes on. Like he's done one a year since two thousand six. You said, yeah. yeah. I thought one was two thousand five, but the two thousand five one, like, yeah, the acting and the dialogue is very stilted, and oh yeah, obviously there's a little bit of like of that necessary in a B movie film, right? Which he's trying to honor. Um, but as progressively each year, I watched you know the newer newer ones. The filmmaking quality gets better. The writing gets better. The acting gets better. Uh, I think the last one is House of Ghosts. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. And uh, he did. I, I, he did kind of change it up there. I, I, he kind of made it more of like the the castle movies from the fifties, like the House on Haunted Hill and stuff. Mm-hmm. So the, yeah, he, as he develops, and it, when you're um, an artist, you know you don't. There's something to be said for progressive and being uh, like honing your craft and getting better as you yeah. do something instead of just doing the same thing over and over again exactly. Yeah. Um, so if there's a market of improvement, then it actually shows that there, there's a filmmaker growing and doing better. Um, so that's it, to be admired. It's funny. One of the things I kept thinking while I was watching them was that I, I think that they would be better 
um like the the way that he makes i obviously every once a year he gets his friends together and they make one of these movies which is cool by the way um and i, I think that they would always be a little bit better if you were seeing them one a year like that i because i realized like i watched two back to back at one point and i felt like oh man because because i was watching them chronologically as best i could um he was referencing back to movies and some of those references i'd be like oh man that was really funny like that was a good way to, to do that and then i i remember specifically in the um shoot the second one now i can't remember the name oh uh um shoot i can't remember the name uh, the thing from outer space the it, it came from outer, outer space, space. <laughs> yeah uh which that one that one's got some of the best like monster design in it because basically all he does is he takes like these these uh, ping pong balls and cuts them in half and draws a little pupil on them and puts them in the guy's eyes to make him look crazy oh man every time that guy was on screen i thought it was hilarious uh but there's this joke that he the the professor character keeps like Every time he talks, he'll talk and then he'll pause like that, and he'll st- and you know and it 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 he overdoes it in that one, but in the first movie where he does that, it's great. Like there there are just little things like that where they'll they'll repeat little jokes, and I think that if you if you weren't watching them all in a in bulk like we were, that wouldn't stand out as much. Um, it, yeah, my favorite was Attack of the Moon Zombies, which is his second to last one. Yeah, I think he kind of got back to making monster movies with that one yeah and it was really cool seeing it uh again you know his what i like too is his dvds were really well produced they had commentaries trailers um making of they're really nice and i'm actually interested to see what he'll do next because i think he has a great vision of what he wants to do yeah and i think you can only get better through constantly making movies and i mean he's doing one a year which is pretty impressive oh yeah doing feature length one a year um, so I'm really interested to see what he's doing next. And I, I mean, I just want to thank Chris for sending us movies to watch because oh, yeah, that's that what cool. we do. Where can you go if you want to check out his uh, stuff? You can go to SaintEuphoria.com to check out all his stuff. It also has breaking news and it, whatever um, cons he's going to. In fact, he's coming to one in Colorado is Galaxy Con. What's it called? Galaxy Galaxy Con. Gal- yeah. Galaxy next Con. weekend. Next weekend. So he'll be out there. So Or when you hear this this weekend. <laughs> yeah. For you, yeah. yeah, the upcoming weekend. The upcoming weekend. It's uh, February eighth, ninth, and tenth. Yeah, yeah. So he'll be out there. So you know, definitely give him a shout out because he makes really cool movies, and I'm interested to see what he's doing next. And we really appreciate you sending something. Again, sorry it took us a little longer than usual to get to it. We just were busy, yeah. and then we all had to watch eight movies. And <laughs> yeah, and and the end of the year happened. Ugh. Yeah. We we all had to watch eighty four movies. He's also yeah. got a podcast. If you want to listen to it, it's the Mim Mimverse bonfire podcast oh cool uh so i'm yeah you can check that out yeah, it's on his website get him. yeah you can even go to his imdb page he actually has a, all the movies on there and you can watch them yeah um through amazon oh dude so he has a partnership with amazon where you can watch his movies too That's cool. i think the only one right now is attack of the moon zombies but check it out i mean they're definitely yeah. fun oh yeah yeah so i'm looking forward to see what he does next so thanks and that was filmmaker spotlight Hopefully we'll get more of those. Yeah. If you have a friend who is a filmmaker, tell them to send, a, send us our stuff and we'll, we'll talk about it. For sure. Right on. Box office numbers. This is the box office stats. No need, James. Already know. Um, the number one movie last week was Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters with $19.7 million. Good. Which um, is an, they think it's an okay start, but I mean, it's actually better than a lot of the recent kind of mashup movies 
So good for them. Well, and, and it's still January. Yeah. Like January's dumping ground. Um, and that this movie was supposed to come out last March. You know, yeah. I, th- I think it's doing pretty well. I mean, and the movie's fun. It it made more than double what Parker did opening weekend. Yeah. So that's pretty good, you know. Yeah. There's a, so it, it actually helped the box office kind of recover a little bit. So good. 19.7. Hansel and Gretel. And it just proves that Jeremy Renner is on the cusp of being a superstar. Go see that movie. The movie's great. It is. In fact, I picked up Prince of Persia at. <laughs> did you really? Yeah. I, it was one of my $1 DVD uh, Blu-rays at Second Spin last week. So. Just because just it has uh, Gemma Arterton in it? Yep. And uh, we'll see if it's any good. Uh, it's not. Well, uh, I don't know that yet, James. Maybe I like it. Maybe I like to see Jake Gyllenhaal have an English accent as a Persian person, okay? <laughs> That's not what's wrong with that movie, but okay. But we'll see. Yeah. Box Office Mojo supplies us with all our box office numbers. What's coming out this week? DVD releases and Blu-rays. I know one thing that's coming out that I'm actually really excited about. Peter Pan comes out on Blu-ray. Yeah. And I think the cover art for not the standard edition, but the diamond edition is really cool. It's a clock from London Tower that has Peter Pan's shadow on it. And I think that's really unique and clever. So I'll be getting that. Also, James's favorite movie about an alcoholic (laughs) drug abusing uh, pilot flight is coming out. Um, Denzel Washington is nominated for Best Actor, though, in yeah. that movie. Yeah. So, yeah, his he, is, he is really good. His performance is amazing in it. I mean, you can and hate you see that, that movie, but... hot chick from the league naked in it, so it's not that bad. Yep. In, like, the first two minutes. So if you want to, you can turn it off after that. Yep. I mean, you shouldn't, because I like that movie. But I, I, I forgot what else is coming out, James. You got uh, any other good stuff? No, but I, there's more stuff. Uh, Alex Cross comes out this week. So oh, if you nice. want to see that movie. Uh, Here Comes the Boom comes out this week. Um, there's also, uh, oh, Deadfall. Deadfall comes out this week, which is that movie with, um, Eric Bana and Olivia Wilde, uh, which did kind of look interesting. Like I wanted to see that, but unfortunately we, we, we missed that one. <laughs> um, and then is this the week that the, uh, that that Bigfoot movie comes out? No, I think it's the following week. I mean, there is a Bigfoot movie this week, but I Dude, don't think this Bigfoot's is the one Wild I'm... Weekend is on my instant queue if it ever <laughs> is streaming. Uh, yeah, this week we just get Bigfoot The Lost Coast tapes. Oh, but that okay. doesn't sound sexy at all. No. Though there's... Wait a second. Wait a second. There's a, there's a dude, like, impaled on a tree. This is a cool... I'm seeing this movie. <laughs> look at that look at that cover. There's just a there's in the background there's like a wolf's eyes and then there's Bigfoot's a tree eyes maybe with a do- no wait, it just looks like a wolf's eyes, I don't know. And then there's like a lady with a gun impaled on a tree with no limbs. Wow, that is really impressive photoshopping. Yeah, I don't think that's going to ever happen in that movie, but I I might watch that. <laughs> uh yeah, I think that's it though. Everything else cool. looks pretty. Digitalbits.com uh, supplies us with all our release info. Thank you, Digital Bits. Ooh, there's a new version of uh, a new release of Nosferatu. That's cool. James. Yeah. Unspool that real news, motherfucker. It's real news. Okay. That was <laughs> that was weird. Um. <laughs> uh, Paul Giamatti's gonna play the Rhino. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. I think that's re- I I think it's weird that we are getting so many villains in a movie. I actually, the, 
I, I think I know what's happening in this is uh, Connor's is uh, serum mm-hmm. is going to be experimented on a bunch of people. Yeah. And they're going to run wild in the city. And then uh, Norman Osborn is going to perfect it and he's going to put it on himself and he's going to become the Green Goblin at the end of the movie. That sounds about right to me. Um, it just is like if I, I would hope that some of the they're, they're getting really good actors for these people. I would hope that some of them don't necessarily have really deep character arcs to them. Does that make sense? Yeah, but I mean, you like, can still do, uh, you know, an Aaron Eckhart in in The Dark Knight. I mean, that's true because he was, You're right. you know, really good. And then his the last 30 minutes was him being two faced. It's not that it's not that it can't be done. You know, obviously, Batman does multiple villains really well. Um, but it's it's it is a general rule it that is the movies where there's more villains and I don't you know. and honestly I don't see Paul Giamatti as the Rhino. It's but, weird. Um, but you know what? I'm sure it'll just be a bunch of CGI, anyways. Yeah, I mean he's big and he's bald, but he's not the the right kind of big. Yeah. Well, the thing like with the the, the Rock. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the Rock would be sweet. Yeah. But the thing with the Rhino though is it's his suit is what makes him that way. It's not right. really the person. So yeah. Um, we'll see. Yeah. It'll be cool. I, I'm, I'm I'm still interested to see it. I. I still think that might be weird where they might actually have Harry Osborn become the Green Goblin instead of In Norman. The, oh, right, right, um, right. Because they haven't announced anything about Norman Osborn yet. So, but he's obviously. But they talk about him in the last movie. Yeah, so he's got to be. Yeah, so he's obviously a major character in it. So yeah. we'll see. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we learned a little bit about 1952, which is the Damon Lindelof Brad Bird movie that has been very hush hush for years now like it's it's been a secret that people know is a secret for a while uh because it got an official title of tomorrowland um which you know that's a disney yeah like section of their theme park yes i don't know space mountain in it yeah this is one of those things where i just want them to like tell us what this thing is so that i understand what this news means (laughs) yeah like i because if if you told me oh we're gonna make a movie about Tomorrowland I would think well that's a that's not a great idea um, nope. that doesn't seem interesting but but when you say Brad Bird and Damon Lindelof I'm there so uh, I don't know whatever I, fuck Damon Lindelof he helped write Prometheus fuck <laughs> all of the things people hate about that movie god damn it never mind um, we also got th- this week uh, Kathleen Kennedy came out and sort of told the story of how she sort of got J.J. Abrams to direct Star Wars. And the, I think the most interesting thing that came out of it is that now they are saying that, you remember when they were real strict about, oh, 2015, we're going to get a Star Wars movie. We're not as strict about that anymore, uh, which is exactly the same thing that happened when they really wanted him to make Star Trek. Yeah. Um, you know, they had a date. It was We were going to get Star Trek 2012, and they said, hey, J.J., you want to do this? And he said, yeah, but you got to move that date. Uh, which is great because the first thing I said when when they announced him was I said, well, I, I really hope they don't rush a Star Wars movie with him directing because that wouldn't be very good. I, you um, know, I still think they can make that date, though. They can. I'm just saying that I don't think a date is what makes a movie good. No, no, no. I would rather they take their time and they, they let him make a great Star Wars movie um, and and really, really re-inject that series, which needs it, um, with, with, some, with some badass mm-hmm. and some excitement. Um, there's no scheduled apocalypse now, so there's time. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like we, yeah. we, we everything wait. is fr- every day that I have for the next for the rest of my life is free because I thought I was gonna <laughs> die like two uh, like a month ago. So, um, and we dodged that bullet. The Mayans yeah. were wrong. Unfortunately, uh, my my computer lost a bunch of the bookmarks of news, so I think that's pretty much it. 
Uh, the, uh, there's going to be Star an Entourage Wars. movie. What? Speaking of Star Wars, what? for all of you who were not excited about the 3D movies oh, being yeah. released, uh, you can rest well because you got your wish. They are not coming to theaters ever. Yeah, they canceled that whole nonsense, which is good. So if you saw episode one of the theaters, catch yourself uh, lucky because... That'll never happen again. Though I kind of remember that I saw episode one in 3D in theaters because I thought, well, it'll give me a good like insight into how the others will look when I see those. And then now I saw that movie for no reason. Well, I saw the first one because I was like, this is how the f- the film shot ones will translate into 3D. Right. And now I was waiting for the digital ones to translate, and now I won't even get to see the digital ones. Yeah. So uh, whatever. Maybe they'll change their mind to let it go. I did. I did kind of want to see. Uh, uh, four, five, and six re-released. Yeah, yeah. E- even in three D, like, do you think Fox is bitter? Like, fuck this, we're not releasing these now. You didn't come out to see them, so fuck you guys. Oh um, <laughs> yeah, sell uh, our shit to Disney. Yeah, I think I think that Disney just doesn't care about three D as much. Yeah, they do. Yeah, uh, Avengers, for their kids, for their Pixar? kids stuff. But as yeah. far as re-releases, have they done a re-release yet? Monster Inc. <laughs> that's out right now in three D. For Finding stuff. Nemo, yeah, Finding Nemo. Little Mermaid's coming out. The Lion King. All right, all right. <laughs> fuck me. Fine. God damn it. And that was just this year, so. <laughs> I I think that what Disney is doing with Star Wars is way more interesting than re-releasing them in 3D. Oh, yeah, totally. So, yeah. Who cares about re-releasing them in 3D? Except for Jurassic Park. Yeah. Let's see the shit out of that. The movie's been 65 million years in the making again. <laughs> it's been 65. 65. Yeah. 20. <laughs> Yeah. Awesome. Cool. That's the news. What's in my long box this week? Ooh. What's up, nerds? It's the Comics Corner. Now, I teased this earlier that I wasn't going to do a Spider-Man comic, but this week I'm going to do a new Spider-Man. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you dick. No, I'm just kidding. I oh, okay. Actually, I saw this comic um, in previews, and I thought it looked really interesting, and I've been waiting for it for a while. And it's called The Black Beetle, and it's a new pulp comic from hmm. Dark Horse. Or no, is it, it is Image. Dark Horse? It's Dark Dark Horse. Yeah. One of the... I don't know. It's over there. One of those indie ones that you hate so much. <laughs> yeah. But the, the comic is awesome. Uh, you don't know who the Black Beetle is? He's a guy who's searching for a couple of mob guys. Is he like a superhero, or is he like, no. is he like the Shadow, or something like He's that? He's like where? the Shadow. It takes place in the 50s. Um, 40s or 50s I'm not 100% I can't remember oldie days yes old times the art is fantastic in it Um, it's all written and drawn by the same guy I can't pronounce his name so I'm not even going to try right Um, but it starts off with he's just surveilling um, he's trying to get to some gangsters and as he's on his way to them their building blows up and so he gets injured and then he's finding out more clues and he's on his way to talk to this this other mobster guy who knows information and just as he's about to get to him he's killed by this guy who has like jigsaws all over him Ooh. and he runs away off this alcatraz it's basically their alcatraz so yeah. it's really cool it's definitely pulpy it's definitely noir um it's really well done um does it does it have stuff that's not about him does it seem like eventually they're gonna like reveal who he is and oh it's a big twist or is it just that um, maybe he's always gonna just be the superhero he guy always be the superhero guy that's cool i mean there's a scene after the explo- explosion where he's kind of researching and it's kind of Batman-ish. Yeah. Where he has, he doesn't have a Batmobile, but he has one of those, like those 1940s cars, like the Buick kind of cars. Right. It's all black and he goes back to his um, 
hide out and he you don't you never see his face yeah and he's all bandaged up but he's working on his c- computers not really computers but he's working on his stuff and he's trying to figure things out and it's just really cool yeah um i, I like those kind of stories where it's pulpy and and i mean it's uh it's written like it was from that time it's a bunch of inner monologue yeah um, there's really no conversations until the very end with the one guy in the prison cell Hmm. And then uh, it might be hard for people to find now because I don't when I was at coins cards, I didn't I didn't put in my hold slot. And I went the day after the comics were released. So it was a Thursday and I got the last copy there. Oh, wow. So I'm I'm guessing it was really under ordered. Yeah, because um, I'm sure they didn't know what it would be. Right. Um, but it's really good. Um, cool. I guess the Black Beetle made an appearance in a comic earlier that I'm going to try to track down. Um, so you can just tell this guy loves kind of the. That era, the noir kind of comic books, and it's really well done. And so, if you can track one down, you should definitely read it because. Where did we land? Is it Image or Dark or Dark Horse? I'm pretty sure it's Image. Okay, because Image tends to do that a lot. Where new books they'll they'll underorder that first one and then just do reprints, like second printings of first issues, um, if they do really well. Um, so it it could be that if you keep your eyes open next time you go to Collar Coins Cards, uh, then they will have uh, a new issue, especially if it does really well. If it's selling out at, at uh, bookstores or at on shelves, because um, I know they did that. Uh, oh, oh, it's oh, it's not Image, it's Dark Horse. Okay, maybe Dark Horse does that too. I don't know. Whatever. But uh, yeah, I mean the cover is really badass. Um, oh yeah, that is cool. Oh man, but it's a really cool book. I think I saw one at Tradesmart today. So if you have the opportunity, you should pick it up. It's really good. Cool. Yeah, I'm going to have to try and find this. <laughs> so, yeah, so I told you I, w- I was going to pick one that wasn't a Spider-Man book. Nicely done. I, I already have one picked out for next week that's also not Spider-Man. So. And I guess it's not that hard. It's Francesco Francavia. That was pretty hard. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, But, yeah, it's a really cool and I mean, the cover is really sweet. Yeah. He was actually picked as in the top as Will Eisner comic uh, comic industry awards best cover artist of 2012. Dude, so you know he can draw covers, but he can also draw interiors as well. That's neat. Awesome. So this week James did not join us in I our didn't. movie going experience. It's always it's always the Sylvester Stallone movies because I missed Expendables two last year. <laughs> you too. did. It's weird. You have something against Stallone? Yes. His veins. Speaking of me speaking of pulp. Um, and film noir. Um, me and Brad went and saw a Bullet to the Head. And comics, because I believe it's based on a comic it book. It is based on a comic book. Brad, French people, comic. Could pe- should people go see Bullet to the Head? You know, it's it's not a great movie, but it's kind of fun. I, I'm in the same boat. I, yeah. I think you should watch it. There's a lot of cliches. There's it, a lot of cliches. A lot of it you've seen before, but I think Stallone's one-liners yeah. make up for it. Uh, like maybe a rental? Yeah. But I think Stallone's really good in the movie. I really do. Yeah, I, I, I think he's the, really the only good part of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyways, and some of the action's okay, I guess. Yeah. Uh, roll the trailer, Brad, and you know, let people hear it. Is there a lot of spoilers on a movie like this? Or no, no, I, I want to <laughs> say this before the trailer. You fuck ass. I'm not trying to interrupt. <laughs> fuck ass. Uh, is there a lot of spoilers on this movie, or is it something where people should just listen through after we play the trailer? I. Uh, there's, I mean, it's an action movie that has cliches in it. So all you right, have cool. To there's, it yeah, just, there's no surprise ending. Yeah, there's, yeah, and there's no twist. Yeah, so we'll talk about it. Keep listening, because I want to know. I got some rules. No women. No children. Dad, you gave me your word. You're getting out of that business. 
That ain't gonna happen. You know what I am? I'm a people person. Four of our operatives got killed by this guy last night. I'll find him. Looks like I have something you want. Dad? Taylor Kwan, WDCPD. I want the guy who took your daughter. What are you gonna do, bring out some kung fu from the homeland? I was born in Florida. When I get this guy, it's going to be bad. So what are we going to do? I want to get her back. Then they die. You two are insane. You're dealing with an ex-mercenary. He's going to punch your ticket, and I am going to watch. You don't just kill a guy like that. I just did. I know. I've heard the speech. You should have taken him in. You and me. Now we're the one to finish business to take care of. What are we, Vikings? Bang. Down. Boom. It's history. When I'm done with this drink, I'm going to be done with you. But right away, you know that you're kind of in uh kind of a b movie i don't know if you want to say b movie but the you know the title card has bullets going through it the whole time which i thought would have been cool if they kept going into the title but it's, yeah. just, it's just the studio logos it and is. then it's over so they, oh wait what really yeah. so, so they hate the studios that they're working for because the bullet oh. goes through them yeah but the premise is is he's a hitman and he is his partner gets killed in a job and he's not so much like a partner. He's a guy who he's just worked with a lot. Like they're not buddies. They're just he's a reliable guy. They're not. They're not friends. They just work together. Well, it's important to the story for me because he makes such a big deal about loyalty and like avenging him. Yeah. But it's it's just a guy he worked with. Like they didn't grow up together. They weren't right. brothers. <laughs> they just did a couple kills together. I think it's yeah. just because he has he has like rules in his killing. Yeah. Remember, he doesn't kill women. He doesn't kill children. And I think if you double cross him, he kind of gets upset about it. And the, the weird thing is, is was his name? What was it? Uh, it's Jimmy Bonomo, but it's in Jimmy prison Bobo? he's just Jim Bobo. Jim Bobo. <laughs> yeah. And it's set in New Orleans, so yeah, I think that's part of it. Like a Jim Bobo, because like there's a Huey Lewis song, Bobo Tempo. And it's a New <laughs> Orleans sounding yeah. song, so uh, I think it's a reference to that. Okay, not that song, but there's some kind. I think it's a musical style. Yeah, and. and the movies, there's some really cool parts in it. I mean, the violence is cool. Um, there's lots of naked. There's a few naked. Chicks. There's a lot of naked. There's not a few naked chicks. There's, <laughs> there's a whole like costume party yeah, where right. none of the hot chicks are wearing anything, and then um, yeah, his daughter's in the bathtub, and yeah. there's the I mean the hooker whole, in the shower. Yeah, I mean the whole movie is him <laughs> seeking revenge on the people that killed his. Yeah. It's more that I think it's more that he wants his money than it is really his partner. Um, because he also gets screwed out of money, and they try to kill him. This is the double cross. How yeah. much? Yeah. How much money? Seventy thousand dollars. <laughs> uh, they never did. They never specify how much money he was uh, owed. No, but he's making a payback reference. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I am. Yeah. But w- way to bring it back to last week's episode. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so proud of you, James. You're welcome. But yeah, the one-liners were awesome. Because... Yeah, there's this constant. Actually, I think about fifty percent of this movie is him and his uh, the police officer. Uh, I forget his name. In the car, just bantering back and forth about stuff or bickering over like Quan was his name Quan maybe like he gets all of his information from a cell phone and Stallone is the old uh, diehard yeah. who is technology is totally foreign to him 
and he uh. settles things all the old fashioned way. Mm-hmm. So there's that kind of. But uh, my my favorite line in the whole movie is, he's it's at the very beginning. He's riding with his partner, and his partner says, "What you don't like cats?" And <laughs> Sloan says, "That's not I don't like cats. I don't like dander." And <laughs> <laughs> it cuts to a wide shot of the city. Yeah, it's it's like a ridiculous <laughs> line, but it's so funny the way he delivers it because yeah. it's ridiculous. And, and there's this one part where. Uh, Quan is trying to explain to him like why he took the firing pin out of his gun, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Fuck you! I, you know, we're gonna do things my way. You know, I'm the FBI agent, and you're a criminal. And if you do stuff wrong, I'm gonna get you." And Stillen's like, "Fine, well, you had me at fuck you anyway." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and there's just some great moments where it's it's just Stallone, you know, kicking people's asses and going in there and spouting one-liners and mm-hmm. killing people very violently. Um, Christian Slater's in it <laughs> for some reason. And he always is the same. He's always that one guy who talks like this. And um, Is he a bad guy? Yeah. I mean, he's a lawyer, so of course he's a bad guy. Oh. <laughs> and then the d- Mr. Echo from Lost is like the ba- main villain in it. Ooh. Besides uh, the dude from G- Game of Thrones, the big Conan, Game of Thrones. Conan the Barbarian. Oh, guy. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jason right, right. Momoma. Um, Momoma. Yeah. Uh, and he's actually pretty cool in it. Like the axe fight at the end is badass. Yeah, is it really? He actually has a cool uh, lead up to it because uh, where they're fighting the henchmen's hideout, which I liked how there's this uh, little nod to how ridiculous the fact that the um, the overall bad guy who's de- redeveloping the land has is in there at the same time. Like, mm-hmm. uh, what's his real name? Like the guy with the axes, uh, Jason. MoMA, but Moma. he's he's Keegan in the movie. Keegan, okay, yeah. So he references, you know, I told you, you probably shouldn't be down here because it's dangerous. And, you know, his boss is like, explains it away. But <laughs> yeah. as an audience, we're like, yeah, why, why is he here? Yeah, like, why is he here with his computer? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense Yeah, he should be at, at a safer place where he can't get caught. Um, but, yeah, the uh, Keegan, there's a plaque on the wall because it's a, it's a building that firefighters saved from burning down. A long time ago and there's these two axes in it and he reads it off and uh i don't know there's just something oh no it's really cool intelligent he, about it and he, he says, symbolic uh, um this is dedicated to the firemen that saved this uh who saved the lives in this building in 1910 and he says uh the ironic part is that when they tear this building down no one's gonna know who they fought for or saved the fire for and it's like a really cool line where he says yeah they're just tearing this down like it's nothing huh yeah it, it, it means nothing now like they made this plaque for them mm-hmm. but in the long run it's completely worthless because no one cares anymore and then Stallone's like are we gonna fight or what <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> stop being smart get it because I'm falling asleep over here <laughs> yeah and uh, then they have this badass fight <laughs> where he opens up a switchblade in his throat yeah he opens it after it's under his <laughs> oh. throat <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty good yeah um that's so, pretty good so yeah it's a rental I mean the movie's cool um but but How long it, is it's it? It's kind of shallow. Yeah. An hour and a half. It wasn't no, that long, long either. Doesn't doesn't overstay its welcome. No, I mean it's literally he goes from one place to place killing people, and in between you meet his hot daughter, who's draw <laughs> who's drawing in a bathtub naked. Who plays his hot daughter? Oh, you, oh, you don't know somebody who's willing to be naked. Yep, yeah. she's drawing naked in a bathtub for some reason. Drawing like with paper. Yeah, she's drawing a, a koi fish because she's attracted to the. She's a tattoo artist, so she's probably designing a new tattoo. Really, <laughs> I thought she was drawing it because she's attracted to the Asian guy. <laughs> Because it's a koi, a koi fish. fish. <laughs> I'm serious. Uh, because also, didn't they? Uh, well, they do make a lot of like Asian jokes in the movie. Yeah. Where uh, what's the the one that made me laugh is where Sloane says, "What you gonna read that in a bunch of tea leaves or something?" Yeah. 
I'm not going to let you drive because Asians can't drive. <laughs> yeah, there's literally. He does not <laughs> say yeah. that. Yeah. He does not say that. He does. That's not true. We can uh, drive. Uh, he doesn't say that. No, the other guy the says other that. The other guy says it. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a banter. Between that's you. actual dialogue yeah. from the. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, no. Oh. I don't know. I, I kind of want to see it again. <laughs> I'll wait till it's on like streaming or something, but I think it was fun. Why would you draw on a bath, though? You're just going to get the paper wet and ruin the art. She and... is an artist, James. Her inspiration comes from. It doesn't matter where. So take a shower and then do your art when you get out. Like, don't waste time. But then we wouldn't see her boobs. We, she could be drawing. She could just be drawing naked. That would be more interesting. Like, why is she no, draw naked? She's, she's in it. She's laying on her bed naked, drawing. That's kind of like the tub. Me, like that makes sense to me. Why is he she going to, get to see his, to get into there. his daughter naked anyway? No, he's not. He he's he says they're she gonna, doesn't know they're coming over. Yeah. Oh, so he sends the Asian guy into the house. Detective Oh, Kwan, first. Because she might be naked and he wants a strange man no, to see her naked. He's a, he thinks she's going to be asleep because she works nights, so she sleeps during the day. So he sends, he says, be quiet, she's probably asleep in there. And so he goes in there and she drops her towel so you can see more boobs. It's great. <laughs> cool. So if you like violence and boobs, you're right at home in this movie. What? I, okay. I do. Oh, good. Then you, you'll you love this movie because there's lots of boobs and violence. Will I really love it, though? You could. Okay. I'll check it out. Yeah. And you just, you know, going to say you don't like it. You have no idea what you were talking about. I'm just also, saying. Also, some bad Photoshop of uh, mug shots. <laughs> yeah. There's, like, mug shots of uh, Stallone being arrested. He's been in prison most of his life. So, like, like every couple of years. There's he a, got oh, arrested 29 times. 20, yeah. yeah, 26, 29 times. And they use, like,. Production stills from his old movies as his mugshot, and we uh, we found that out because they credit him at the end of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> it says there's one where he's kind of smiling, but it's yeah. a mugshot. Like he doesn't have teeth showing, but it's still like a smirk. And then there's like yeah. one that was obviously from Rambo. I was I, gonna say because like if you want a mugshot, you can just find the one from when he got arrested in Australia. I'm sure there's one there, <laughs> but well, that would have only been like five years ago. Well, I, I actually you know I will say this: I really liked him doing the like the film noir voiceover he was really good at it no. st- he doesn't start the movie though does he it's only towards the middle and end that he actually starts talking over the no he st- doesn't he start at the beginning because they because they show that scene of him shooting that cop at the beginning oh yeah okay you're right yeah yeah and but he has that kind of gruffy you know i'm a tough guy voice and it sounds really cool <laughs> oh yeah, yeah yeah he always sounds cool well, especially now, like his voice has just gotten sort of better. I, I think. did think it was weird that he recapped that he bought a car after the whole ordeal, rather than talking about wrapping up the whole ordeal. <laughs> <laughs> like he leaves yep. talking to Quan and goes like, "Yeah, it was kind of a rough time, but I thought I should reward myself with a new car." <laughs> yeah. As if the car they had they couldn't get back for the last scene, so they had to get another car, and then had to explain why he had a new car. You know, it was- is it product placement? <laughs> it's probably it wasn't like, like well, it was a Ferrari. It wasn't like Last yeah. Stand product placement, like. Here's the new Corvette. It can go so many miles an hour and uh, can deflect uh, SUVs. It's faster than a helicopter and more heavy duty than an SUV. Yeah. yeah. No, it's just like it's obviously what they haven't been driving throughout the whole movie. All of a sudden. Yeah. So it's like he had to explain that he just got a new car. <laughs> there was that weird scene where he, you know, he set bombs to his house and he blew it up, and he says, "Don't you want to know why I set oh, bombs yeah. to my house?" And then you do like this flashback of him like setting up the house. And Quan says no, and then that's the end of the scene. But <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, good. he says like, well, like he does some kind of psychological profile. Like criminals are naturally paranoid, like naturally paranoid. And Sloan just kind of like, yeah, that's right. Like he didn't say it, but <laughs> yeah. like the look on his face is like, he nailed it. Yeah. yeah. 
Hmm. But it's yeah, it's kind of just a throwaway. Like, why did we even bother to talk about that? And why did they bother shooting him putting C four in a flashback scene? You know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's like too much to explain something that doesn't pay off at all. Yeah, and you could have just said you didn't have to show him putting in C four. You knew he was doing it because <laughs> yeah. it blew up. <laughs> it's just, houses just don't naturally blow up sometimes. But it was weird because too, it was a dark castle movie, and I thought castle movies were only horror movies. Hmm. They're branching out. I guess they're branching out. Yeah. Anyways. Um, I forget what we're seeing next week. Why can I remember what comes out next? Oh, it's Identity Thet, Thet Thief. Oh, but there's something else that week. Is there? Yeah. I think so. There's a lot of things each week, but... No, I know, but I... I, I yeah. I thought... Because I, I thought we looked at it and I got to say, I don't... Hey, we, maybe oh, it's we'll see something. side effects or... Oh, yeah, that's right. It's side effects or Identity Thief. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which one are we seeing? Uh, what do you want to see? Or a glimpse in the mind of Charlie Swan. Yeah, so it's side effects, or it's what? What is that one? I That's don't know an that animated is. Charlie Sheen movie, isn't it? Yeah, which I don't care. So next week we will be seeing side effects. We were gonna see maybe Identity Thief, but I think side effects looks more interesting. Yeah, and maybe I'll wait till the reviews of it's the last in quotes Steven Soderbergh movie. <laughs> I think it's I think it's been the last one for the last five. Yeah, I know, but one of these days he's gonna get hit by a bus, and then that last movie will have been his last <laughs> movie. Or he'll retire, but whatever. Whatever. So we'll be seeing side effects, which actually looks kind of interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got Rooney Mara in it, and I love her name. Yeah. And Jude Law. I don't love his name as much. He's cool, though. Yeah. So you can email us, realnerds at gmail.com. You can call us, 720-6nerds5. You can tweet us, real underscore nerds. Leave us a Facebook message, Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. Visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com, soon to be redesigned. And oh, uh, yeah. yeah, thanks for listening. I I like it when we record these real late because then at the end of the show we just get real sexy with our voices. We do. It's all it all just, it all just gets down here. It does you know? just leisurely. Um, and well, let's wish Brad good luck at Geek Bowl. Brad wins oh, some yeah. money. Yeah, we'll be here next week. Sorry, guys. So uh, it'll just be. <laughs> He's just checking his phone. He's like, I'm not. My voice isn't sexy. No, I'm not. I'm not down there with you guys. So it'll be a, a me and James podcast. Ooh, so hot. cool. Um, Using my brain. <laughs> yeah, he'll be he'll be drinking and not the brain in my sack, but the brain smart. in my head. Whoa, oh, what's the brain oh. in your sack do? Yeah, you know I mean? is it like a like dinosaur? Where separate, like, like if you grab it and you like squeeze it, it's like oh, the do you, wait. Do you really not know about the brain? You don't know about this? <laughs> no, I do. I was oh, okay. seeing what's the brain in your sack, and I wanted to see what he came up with. I didn't yeah. know he's actually going to describe grabbing his sack and massaging it. Yeah, um, when you squeeze it, so it goes, like really pushes the balls out to the. <laughs> Well, cause it looks like it, a brain. Yeah, because you get all veiny and stuff. Yeah, no, it's gross. I do it all the time. Oh, it's also known as a bat wing. No, that's when you spread the sack out. In a <laughs> this wing. is so bad. Doesn't look like a brain at all, idiot. Uh, wait, did, nobody just, really calls that the bat wing, do they? Yeah, I, I've I, never waiting, heard of that anyone? One before. Anyone seen waiting? <laughs> I don't. Um, I don't know anything about scrotum art. <laughs> I don't. I knew uh, a guy. I mean, this shouldn't be on the air, but I knew a guy who could stretch his over a lamp. It was, it was that. It was that. Like, it so it was a little like, bit, huh? So it was like the bat signal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it was <laughs> awful. <laughs> I never. Uh, uh, I, I really shouldn't say this. I never watched him do it, but you uh, watched him do it, but your wife did. I know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Until man. next week in another exciting episode of Real Nerds Podcast, when the real nerds go to the local cinema to watch side effects. Bye. Bye. That was a really cool radio voice. I just I was, that was pretty good, yeah.
and it can be from different eras, you know. It could be. That was more of like 80s. Yeah. Uh, you could do like, you know, 40s. What a great day to see a movie down at the movieplex. Let's all go to the movies. Okay, I can hear it now. I can hear you rubbing your cock against that. Brad, put that away. And James just moaned like he loved watching you rub your cock. <laughs> this is fucking creepy. I'm going to take these headphones off now. Oh, fuck, dude. Why'd you shoot that in my fucking eye, you dick shit? <laughs> hey, ladies, if you've ever wanted to know what it's like to fuck James Hart, <laughs> this is your opportunity. I know what it's like to fuck James Hart. <laughs> Uh, I fuck yep. him every time I hit at the show. <laughs> <laughs> and that part's Whackety stupid. Oh, man. <laughs> so we're just going to, I guess we're just going to keep on going and see what I, I other bullshit comes out of our mouths. I, I, Did I anyone listen to the end of last week's show yet? No. There's no. a lot of bullshit in that ending. I there was a lot of bullshit. It was awesome. Oh, did you cut all that? That No, no. What did you I, uh, I made your wish come true by adding all that bullshit from the beginning that you wanted to keep in. I nice. Put in the end. I love that. Yeah. Because the, uh, the Tested podcast used to do that where they would, because when they would sit <laughs> down, they would just start talking. What? Sorry. <laughs> I'm just looking at my phone. There's a grumpy cat meme where, like, there's the traditional grump- grumpy cat picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And below it says, I hope both teams lose. <laughs> 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 it's, like, not that funny, but it is. <laughs> Uh, the Tested Podcast used to do that thing where they would like sit down and before they started the show they would just like talk about stuff and then eventually they'd be like okay let's start the show and then they would take all of that and put it at the end and usually it was just them like sitting around talking about Star Trek The Next Generation uh, which was cool Um, but then eventually because that was such an entertaining part of the show they would just if they didn't have any of those outtakes to put at the end they would just make them up and so when they would be done recording they'd be like okay let's start some fake outtakes and then like half their podcast became them just shooting the shit about stuff. So make sure that when you, you know describe these podcasts that you say, hey, stay tuned at the end for bonus content of James. No, don't stroking yeah. his wiener. No, no, no it should be actual sounds. It should be actual talking, not like, burping. not like, not like, oh yeah, here's the dumb moaning that happened. Well, what a, I mean, what else are we gonna put at the end? I, I mean, no, I'm not. I'm not saying always. I just mean like if we start. Oh no! If we sit down and we you know what, James, just naturally start singing the theme songs to you're stroking that microphone and moaning sexually is now recorded. So not, that's well, be I was end. doing that to see if you could hear it. I could hear it. <laughs> now it's time for real nerds after dark. <laughs> oh yeah. Where? No, we can't call it after dark because you already hate how similar our show is to the slash filmcast. Real nerds after night. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't before sunrise, real nerds. Yeah, now we're naming them like those the before sunset movies. Did you guys ever see? Um, uh, maybe Brad did. I'm so old. It's uh, USA Network used to have this blonde bimbo on it, and she would always oh, introduce. Oh, 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 oh yeah, uh, it'd be USA up all night. I did see that. They'd no, also man. like like softcore porno movies. Yeah, it'd be softcore porn and uh, horror movies and horror movies. Yeah, what? Yeah, on like regular like, a, yeah. like USA off like Elvira. The, like the the bubblegum station now that yeah. makes like you know where characters are welcome. Yeah, yeah. Where, yeah, where characters yeah. and bimbos are welcome. Yeah, apparently. back in the old days, it was like uh, at after I don't know, like midnight. It was horror movies and softcore porn. What? And it's yeah. called USA Up All Night. And this like blonde haired girl would I don't even remember her name. I'm sure I could look it up, but she would just introduce <laughs> the movies. I don't think mm-hmm. you cared about her name. I don't think you did. I, that's the only. Pro- but I don't even remember what she looks like. I just remember she said USA Up All Night. Weird. Yep. Man. That's the end of the show for another 
10 minutes we just rambled on for. Yeah. See, that's the kind of shit we need after the credits. Credits? There is no credits in the show. Whatever. TNT had that Southern guy who would do it was similar a, thing. What was his name? Uh, Joe Bob Briggs? Yeah. And he'd be and he'd try to be funny, but he wasn't funny. And he'd always <laughs> introduce. I mean, he'd really schlocky movies though. Was it like just to introduce the movie, or was it, was it like the direct the the DVD on TV people? No, no, where he, they he talk would he, like he'd, every he'd be commercial. like a host. Yeah, he would. You know, yeah, he would say, "Well, this week we're seeing the Howling Three, the Marsupials," <laughs> and then it'd cut to him drinking beer on a lawn chair, and he'd be saying, "Oh man, there's not even any werewolves in this movie." Yeah. A ding dang do, and then it cut to the movie, and <laughs> a ding dang do. Sorry, I started remembering dinner in the movie too. Like TBS yeah. had. Oh, dinner in the movie was cool though. He learned to cook, and then yeah, you know, but there's a lot of commercial breaks on that one. Yeah, yep. yeah, that was sort of the problem. Was when they would do that stuff, they would they would break into the movies a lot. It used to be watching movies on TV used to really suck because they used to cut them down a lot. Oh, you yeah. know, they'd cut out whole subplots and shit like that. But sometimes they had a. But there was a thing for a while where you had to make your movie longer and have scenes you could add into the TV yeah. version of it. Yep. Um, the first one I really noticed was Billy Madison has a kickball scene that's not in the movie, but it's in the TV version. Um, oh, man. I looked up. Yeah, so see, now I've already forgotten, but we talked about this on the show, the, the Pulp Fiction thing where, uh, oh, it's the Canadian version, the Canadian release, I believe of Pulp Fiction or maybe the UK release has that, that extra long sequence where they talk about people who like the Beatles and people who like Elvis. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, you, you can't always, you don't always see that version. Uh, but on TV they show it a lot. I think just because there's not a lot of swearing, so it makes the movie longer. Uh, yeah, it's weird. And there's, always, there, I love the DVD features where they have for the TV version where they replace the words and sometimes it's totally ridiculous. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Melon Farmers. Yeah. Every Die Hard movie has the best voiceovers. <laughs> oh, man. Come out to the coast. Go to a party. Have a good time. Since I, since I didn't talk about it earlier and we're just bullshitting, yeah. uh, I just have to say that season five of Star Trek Next Generation has episodes like Darmok and oh, Silicon Avatar. Which, I love Darmok. Yeah. Which I, Darmok is like a episode they teach in school because it's yeah. all about learning languages from people you don't understand. It's and really I'm, cool, so Ryan. Since you don't know it, the um, Picard gets sort of stuck on this planet with this dude, and they don't have a, their universal translator. Well, the truth is, it doesn't work. As, as I remember, it doesn't work because of the way that their conversation works. But they speak in storytelling. Yeah. <laughs> so like. Uh, but anyway, so he doesn't know how to talk to this guy, and there's a monster on the uh, there, um, and they you know he they have to figure out how to, how to talk to each other. And the cool thing about the way they talk is that um, it, it'd be like if instead of saying I'm I'm hungry, uh, or instead of saying like I'm hungry, I want to go to Wendy's, I I would say like you know Ryan and James on Friday nights. And if you if you and I both understood that on Friday nights Ryan and James go to Wendy's, mm-hmm. then you would know that what I was saying was, let's go to Wendy's. Or know? we're friends. And so that's yeah, 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 yes, exactly. Or we like, have a friendship together. Yeah, exactly. Like if I was like, hey, you and I were like, you know, uh, Rachel and Russell or whatever those people from Friends were named. Rachel and Ross. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> if I said like, you know, Rachel and Ross. And then you knew, like, oh, that I'm saying that you're saying that we're friends, mm. and that's the way he talks. And just like the the whole episode is just about the two of them, sort of 
becoming friends by the way that they learn to speak each other's language. Um, and then they have to fight an invincible, invisible monster. Uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I love fighting monsters. In Silicon Avatar, um, five seasons ago, we're set up. Data's setup is that he is the survivor of this colony of people that were attacked by a thing called the Crystalline Entity. Yeah. And uh, it gets away. Obviously, he survives, and it shows up again while they're on another planet trying to, you know, help out the society. It shows up, obliterates everything except for everyone who survives survives in the cave. And then, um, in this other world that happened, uh, this woman's son is killed there. Oh wait, no, the son is killed with when Data is in that previous colony. Yeah. And so she shows up on the Enterprise to help them figure out how to de- defeat the Crystalline and entity before it escapes the planet and uh she's really upset over it killing her son while picard simply wants to learn to communicate with it and figure out why because he suspects it's not out to kill anybody it's just yeah an organism that's looking for food you know like a whale (laughs) who eats plankton in the sea isn't out to kill plankton personally it's just it needs to feed yeah and they want to figure out how they can feed it without sacrificing people because it's like it's like a giant snowflake yeah like a space Mm. snowflake and she's so um bloodthirsty to get rid of it that when they finally do have a chance to connect with it and they're about on the verge of communicating with it she increases the vibrations and the signal that they're giving it to talk to it that it shatters it and there's no reported other version of this elsewhere in the universe so it's like they totally missed an opportunity and uh it's really heartbreaking and then when data escorts her to back to her cabin because um i don't know why he doesn't just put in the brig because that's a fucked up thing to do oh yeah no <laughs> uh, yeah. but he, she gets to go back to her cabin and she she uh because data has recorded uh has recorded all of his like meetings with people so he knew her son so he's able to imitate him, and so leading up throughout the episode, she starts to uh, personify or help me out, James. Like she kind of sees Data as her son, even though obviously yeah. he doesn't look like him or anything. But right at one point, he project pro- yeah projects as her son, and so when she's like, "I did the right thing, right?" and then Data's harshly, and it's great. It's like, no, your son believed in you as a scientist, and he was a scientist himself, and he would be very disappointed in you right now. <laughs> and it's like oh, a great man. fuck you to her. And, yeah, that's, that's awesome. awesome. Oh, that's good. I love the, I love the subtle fuck yous. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. He's like, yeah, you should be ashamed of yourself. You know, I do look every time I'm at Second Spin and um, Tradesmart for a Blu-ray of Wrath of Khan because mm. I want to see it again. Yeah. It, are those even out on Blu-ray? Yeah, they? yeah. They only did two, oh, four, right. and six as the individual Blu-rays. Yes, that's right. You have to otherwise buy them you have to get the box set. Yeah. If you want a Blu-ray of three by itself, you're screwed. <laughs> or five. I don't. Uh, I don't. I don't want a Blu-ray of three by itself or five. You kind of need three because it directly connects to two and four. So. Yeah. But if I were gonna have those, I would buy the collection. So. Yeah. I guess that makes sense. Otherwise, otherwise, I would just want two and four, because I I know what happens in three. I want two and four, and I want six. It's a search for Spock. Yeah. No. no well, yes. Isn't three that is crazy a search that for Spock. I haven't seen the movies, but I know what they're about because yeah. they're so part of popular culture. Mm. Well, and you knew that he died at, yeah. in the second one. Oh yeah. I yeah. mean, that. Uh, I mean, it's way, done way better in you know the actual movie, but right. the 
out of all of us, he was the most human, is in so many things. Yeah. You know? Oh, man. Out of all of us, he was the most human. 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 <laughs> it's great, great family guy. <laughs> all right, I got to go home. All right, yeah. Get out of here. Fuck off. Bye. Bye.